to call this thing. Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. I'm Brandon, or Mutilus on the forums. And I'm Parker. I go by Tweak. I'm Jeremy. I go by uh, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for joining this week. Uh, we have a lot of news and announcements this week, or at least news. News. Um, so so news. let's go ahead and roll into the news. News, 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 news. Okay. All right. Just a sin. Uh, actually, this is an old one. This is not just in. This is ancient. Uh, right uh, as Kingpin and uh, Bullseye got released uh, last week, we had a faction affiliation list update on a ye old uh, internet. If you go to the affiliation uh, stuff on Atomic Mass Games and their organized play, you might have noticed that um, not only did they update uh, the list with Criminal Syndicate, which we knew that was, it was on the card, but we also got a brand new unaffiliated faction, uh, only two members in that, the Punisher and the Winter Soldier, which we knew about, but since now we have two unaffiliated characters, I guess they saw fit to give them their own uh, faction, not a faction. Um, but something we did not know is that the Cabal has officially grown by two members, one being Bullseye and the other being Kingpin, which makes Kingpin, I think, the most ubiquitous character from factions. He is a faction maniac, he... Well, that just depends. Um, what does ubiquitous mean? Uh, ubiquitous meaning he can he he exists in many places and he's uh, he's he's uh, a possible he's he's usable in many places. That I don't know actually, but um, potentially mm. he's in he's in Cabal. He's in Criminal I Syndicate. Guess I'll let that pass then. And he's in Spider Foes. This is something I, I thought of the other day. If you make a three models uh, in your in your list, if you put Kingpin, Red Skull. And the Green Goblin in your list, you can make instantly three different factions, <laughs> depending upon what you want to play at that moment. Um, oh, and curiously, the Green Goblin also appears in Criminal Syndicate. So if you do a list of just Green Goblin and Kingpin, you can instantly become Criminal Syndicate or Spider Foes. So There's actually one other combination of three characters you can do that with. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, um, let me see here. It is Kingpin, Taskmaster... I'm cheating. <laughs> and, yeah, that's uh, a, you were lying. And, uh, basically, anyone else. Yeah, that's yeah. it. The idea is you can, uh, but you instantly have the leadership abilities of all three factions yeah. with just those three characters. So yes, you could make it uh, with others, but the, you get all three leadership factions with just three characters. So uh, I don't know if that's good, but on, it was strangely, Green Goblin, uh, Kingpin and Red Skull are actually three very different characters that fill different roles. So if you made a list with just them to start with, maybe it's not bad. But the fact that you could choose whatever faction you want to go in with it is really interesting. Uh, curiously, uh, since... Well, but that breaks down quickly when you start adding in different characters. But yeah, it's a cool base to start with. Uh, I, I would rather talk about, at the moment, uh, if this actually adds anything to the current factions. Because I think it's surprising that Criminal Syndicate being effectively just released already has nine characters in it, mm -hmm. which seems very surprising to me. Well, a lot, they borrow a bunch, right? You get a bunch of Cabal characters, 
um, and Mysterio and Black Cat uh, functionally yeah. is what it is. Because Taskmaster is a is a mercenary type guy uh, who just happens to be also affiliated with the criminal syndicate, but um, every other character either belongs to Spider Foes uh, in the case of the Green Goblin, but the Cabal. Cabal and Criminal Syndicate are almost the same faction. They are very close <laughs> to being the same faction. Yeah. Um, they're, they're surprisingly close. Yeah. Which is funny because you trade Zemo for Taskmaster. So you're like, all right, basically the same guy. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I it's, I think the Criminal Syndicate cards, we need, to, we need to play with them and see how they work because some of them are really cool, but, and, you know, question marks next to them. Like, are they really worth it? But, um, uh, criminal Syndicate cards might be stronger than some Cabal cards because Cabal just doesn't have that many. But um, and Criminal Syndicate have three exclusive ones that Criminal Syndicate characters need. But um, and they're all seem strongish. Uh, one of the things I was actually nervous about when I saw the faction affiliation is I went, okay, cool. So you could make a really easy crossover if you wanted to make a flexible list with Cabal or Criminal Syndicate. Uh, but in some ways, I wonder if, and I'll, I, I just want to play it to find out, is if Criminal Syndicate is not. Uh, the evolved version of Cabal, because Cabal is primarily like a, a battle box faction, is Criminal Syndicate just like, a, you know, a, not necessarily better, but a more nuanced version because it, it came later. Uh, Ooh, I, don't I, I don't think so, but I will say that I think the the affiliation ability, the leadership ability for the two factions, is very telling in their their um, motives, I guess. Yeah. Because Red Skull giving extra power for dealing damage is very upfront and direct about the fact that they want to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And then the Kingpin faction affiliation of your guys count as two models when contesting kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. One side is going to be more scenario focused. And the other one's going to be more damage focused. I, I like yeah. that you can take very similar rosters and have two very different motives behind your list. Right. Hey, Brandon, have you played or played against Kingpin yet? I have not. I'm interested to see how that all works out. It sounds very strong to me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because if you look at their affiliations, like because we are now, Criminal Syndicate, while being generally focused around uh, scenario play because of the faction ability, but if you look at their character roster, they have almost no board control. Like, very little. And so, like, when you look at Web Warriors, like, the faction is made... Like, literally, they built a pyramid of board control and then painted some characters on top of it. Like, like there's that's all they do. And then Criminal Syndicate's the exact opposite, is that they're a faction of killers that are trying to win on Scenario. And so it's really just an interesting concept. And so I, I'm kind of excited to see it, too. I think... It, I like how it's they're winning on Scenario in a different way, right? They're killing... They're, they're KOing opponents so that they can pick up the, the faction stuff and then toss it to their support characters in the back or, like, more characters that have more health and tougher characters. So they're throwing objectives around. And they're also stuck in on objective points and taking them more often than um, other factions. And if you wanted to, if you feel like Criminal Syndicate needs more... Um, more control you could do that but i guess that that was that was i thought it was cool cabal and Syndic- criminal syndicate have a lot of really cool crossover now and i was surprised that they added two more members to cabal to make it so incre- incredibly similar but um other news uh we Hold have oh, nah, oh, not yet not yet not what's up i did want to bring up uh i wanted to read how this worked that's actually was in the middle of uh i never miss after an attack made by this character's resolve if no damage was dealt as a result of that attack this character they use superpower. The target suffers damage. Okay, so Bullseye can't freely trigger the Red Skull faction ability. 
because it's technically not caused by the attack, right? Mm, that makes sense. That's why I'm checking. I want to see the wording each time an allied character damages enemy character with an attack after attack result. Yeah, okay. So that would have been really cool if he could just guarantee double trigger that for to get two power. Because he could basically pay for his ability to I never miss automatically with the Red Skull thing. And so I thought that was really cool. But I, now that I read it, it doesn't work. So now I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Um, all right. Other um, other news. Uh, Cyclops' panel to play came out. Um, everybody's um, giant chip on his shoulder leader. Um, we found out that he's a big surprise, a ranged damage dealing leader type. Wow. Um, not to say Whoa. that that's, that's yet to be seen. Um, I said, I said, whoa, like in my surprise <laughs> of, yes. of what he was going to do. Um, we, we found out that he can make uh, characters uh, advance short, uh, which is pretty cool. It costs a bit of power, but uh, that makes X-Men uh, a more mobile faction just with Cyclops, which is which is one of those things that's very rare in the game to just have that in your pocket. Well, I was going to um, say, cool. considering they have two dedicated melee characters, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um we also found out that he can uh, the the X Men Blue ability um, allows uh, people around a character to contribute power to an attack. So if you're yeah. if you're trying to do an attack that needs power, so very interesting. So uh, I'll be it, it it will make anybody who wants to play Blue Team with Cyclops take a second look at those powers. You know, like if you if you have some really strong powers, uh, attack powers that require uh, a lot of um, a lot of power tokens he might be able to make that economy a little bit easier which is very it's an interesting idea it's it's pretty cool well i was gonna say we might have to wait and see till the actual wording comes out on the card because right. i'm curious to see how it's actually worded because if one character can pay multiple power for an attack you might see like people like vision and wong make it into factions that are x-men because you know Vision's just sitting there stacking up eight or ten power and just be like, hey, go ahead, Wolverine, just murder everybody. Uh, it, like, that it, might be really interesting. In the panel to play, it does mention uh, any character within range three can donate one power. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's also, it might just be playtest rules because they've already established that the Beast spoiler they did yeah. has already been updated. So, uh-huh. speaking of, of course, that, it might have just been a mistake when it was spoiled. But Yep. Speaking of that, Beast uh, panel to play was also released. We just mentioned it. And... Uh, he seems kind of like a a brawler type. It's kind of funny that he has. I think that's almost exactly um, Shuri's science ability slapped onto him, where failures uh, give him power. Um, well, and, it's a lot like but, the uh, scientific hubris on Doc Ock as well. But right. There's a lot of characters that have similar effects. Yeah. And Doctor Strange has it on blocks. Right. So yeah, it's uh, I'm. It'll be interesting to see. I feel like I will be excited for Beast if he is. Um, Three points. I hope he's a three-point character. Um, if if uh, if he, if he is a four-point character, uh, I hope he has a lot of health or something. Because anyway, he doesn't he doesn't look that, spe- that spectacular. But a vanilla a vanilla brawler type is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but anyway. I'll say he strikes me a lot as a Zemo s character, where he's going to be bouncing all over the table mm-hmm. trying to attack whoever he wants. Obviously, he's going to be a little bit beefier and uh, be able to throw stuff. Mm-hmm. So he probably won't have all the fin- the minutia that Zemo has, but he also could just be four points and have everything. So we'll see. Yeah. But I'm I'm a lot more excited about Beast now that we've seen the panel to play than I was before. 
and I'm really excited because his model comes with several different options. And so he can have a book in his hand or he can have claws and he can have glasses or not. That's pretty fun. I really oh yeah, I was I was about to say his model is a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be cuz uh there have been some really cool beasts in comic books cuz he his his character evolves and changes um pretty much as the as the artist wants it to. They give a, a reason why he's evolving and changing. It's kind of a part of his mutant powers, but um but I, I really like that what they went with in the model. I thought it was cool. Uh, super important character uh, for Brandon. Toad's card got released. Uh, Toad's card got released. Brandon is... I couldn't agree more, actually. Oh. I think the, the fact that Toad's card was spoiled is very important for me personally. <laughs> uh, and because the... now I know I can just throw him directly in the garbage when I open the box. <laughs> uh, he's a two-point character. And that's kind of what you can say about him. He's, I, I don't, what's really hard about him, I think, is that he's a two-point character and I don't see, uh, I th- I see him dying really fast. The slippery ability is not horrible. Um, so if he doesn't get one-shotted, he lives-ish, but that's what it has to be. He can't be, you know, um, he does have, I have, he has three defenses. I have something but... actually serious that I would like to say about Toad. What's up? Um, I am very, very happy that he is what he is. Mm-hmm. I was really worried we were going to have another Shuri on our hands with uh, a very under-costed, very effective character that's going to make it into a lot of lists that they have no sense being in because ah. of his ability to manipulate scenario. And so I'm very, very happy that that's not the case. Right. I think he's probably fine as a two-point character that's focused on things other than not dying and so it is what it is. I'm not a fan of the character. I'm not a fan of his lore. I don't plan on ever playing Toad. But that being said, I think it's it's interesting that we have another two-point character that does something very different than the other two-point characters. Mm-hmm. He also, if you want to play... Uh... If you want to play his faction and you need two points, maybe he can make another roster. I don't know if he does, but two points is one of those pretty flexible things. Um, and then finally, I heard that uh, the guy who runs the Brotherhood of, of Mutants, he also got spoiled, I guess. Uh, his name is Mag... Mag uh, oh, I was about to say Magento, but that's not it. It's Magneto. <laughs> Magento. It's, it's, it's Magneto. Um, is I'm pretty sure it's it? Magnetoed. 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 <laughs> That's what the box is called. Magnetoed. Yeah, Magnetoed. I, well, I just thought it just came with one Magnetoed. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm being facetious because Magneto, the master of magnetism and also the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, was spoiled! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why you throw that evil word in there? That's not part of it. It's just Brotherhood of Mutants. Uh, they, they were the. I'm pretty sure the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants was one of their one of their names. Don't go pushing your politics on me, buddy. Uh, I, I assume their evilness. Yeah, uh, they were they were quite evil for a while. Ge- yeah, genocide was one of their favorite things for a bit. So I, I'm pretty sure we can call them evil. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean they're only killing the bad people. That being said, uh, Magneto ha- only has small movement, so trash character, trash character. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, if you do the math. The average movement of a six-point character is slow. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. So okay, so we can actually talk about Magneto now. Let's go talk about Thank Magneto. Thank God. I, I actually, I actually was, I was going to start with that exact thing. I love one that he's six points, and two that he has slow movement. I think that's a really great balancing part around him. However, go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> well, I, first off, I'd like to give a shout out to Will Pagani because he trolled me 
so hard yesterday because they usually release these things on Tuesdays and we record on Wednesdays. And so I even messaged you guys the night before, mm-hmm. like Monday at like 2 a.m. Like it's technically Tuesday. Like, fingers crossed we get Magneto tomorrow so we can talk about it on the podcast. And then it, and then I opened up Facebook at work. Like I finally got done with what I was doing. I was able to open Facebook the first time. And the first post, Atomic Mass Games, and it says blah, blah, blah cards and i just see the last word in the sentence is toad and i go the magneto toad box got spoiled because saber tooth and wolverine got spoiled on the same day and i start scrolling down i literally like like take a second and brace myself for how amazing this is about to be and i scroll down and i just see toad's cards like okay it must just be more pictures so i click on the picture and i scroll and there's only two pictures and i almost smashed my phone and i was like no way it's probably just a separate post and i go looking for the other post and then i go Pagani, did you really only post the Toad card? And then he trolled me with a meme. And I'm like, oh my god. I was, I was so bad. But we got him today, so it's okay. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could explain the reason why, right? There's, there's, he's... Well, he's the second best character in the entire Marvel Universe. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's very important. For those of you, uh, for those of you who haven't heard before, uh, our character contends that Doom is the best character in the Marvel universe. Yeah, Doom Doom is only slightly better than Magneto, but they're so much better than everyone than everyone else that's not even close. Like they're like they're the first two fifty spots on the list, and then there's just you know like three to fifty is zeros, and then like other people. Well, since since Brandon is dumbstruck in awe of the Magneto floating in front of him, uh, Jeremy, what did you think about Magneto when you saw him? What, what was your first impression? Um, the very first thing I looked at was cost. I'm like, oh my god, he's six points. Okay, so what do you get for six points? And I mean, you get a lot. Um, he powers up your entire army like crazy. He blows up the world. He gets power for free from his abilities. Um, he controls the board. Uh, God help you if you have a bunch of people close to him, because then they're all stunned. I mean, he is... Hmm. Oh, no, they don't have to be close. Oh, not even close. They have to be within range three of a small base and within two of that small that base. So basically there. range yeah, six. Yeah, that he placed, which is just crazy. Yeah, and, and don't worry, because it's not a if damaged, you're just stunned. And then, <laughs> to follow that up, he's throwing shit at you. So... I mean, his superpowers reflect what he can do. I, I mean, of course, he's toned down because this is a game, and they made him playable. Okay, they did it with Hulk, they did it with Vision, and they're doing it with Magneto. I mean, he seems really cool, really fun, and I see where six points is. I, I'd pay that. It's cool. Um, yeah, he's just so good. Uh, <laughs> he is. So he gets, I love his basic attack, the fact that he can gain power on it, it's versatile. It's good at range three. It's good at range two. Uh, it's a huge power generator. Um, how about this for a second? From the ruins, his faction ability, where he, uh, if anyone hasn't read it, obviously, um, uh, every time a piece of train is destroyed, it doesn't have to be by you, uh, its size equal to number of characters are how many power you get to hand out. It's one pe- one power per character per turn. But every t- So if you destroy a dumpster, two people on your team get one power. Is that the best faction ability? It's pretty crazy. It's, it's really good. Very easy to activate. You don't have to burn any kind of type because the be- like I would say Captain America had the best 
because reducing your power cost is great, but it's to a minimum of one. And you have to activate a superpower to get the power effective gain. As where Red Skull can trigger multiple times, but you have to damage with specifically an attack. And so it's harder to trigger, and you don't get the usefulness until after you've made the attack. So if you can't afford to make your good attack, it's already too late. As where Captain America also, if you're trying to make an attack, it doesn't help you. His power is going to be triggerable almost every turn to everyone on your team gets a power. So immediately I went to, ooh, I need Asgardians with this as well. So you can get so (laughs) much power. Oh, you do everything you want. All All of the power. I was going to say that it is a it is a good faction ability, but I was actually going to point to exactly that. We already have factions where their trait is just, there's no condition. They just get extra power, and it's fine. Like it's, Whose it's, is that? The Asgardians. Like, they all just always have an extra power. That's not their faction ability, though. That's just the, built around their characters. I would argue strongly that the costs on their abilities are heavily weighted for that. Um, cool. I don't see Magneto's getting some sort of great discount for not being an Asgardian. His stuff still costs a bunch. So, I would th- I think that, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think his power is really strong. I think it's really cool that, that when you're building lists with him, and you're thinking of making a Brotherhood faction, um, then you are wondering, okay, what kind of characters in the game can I combine with this and really abuse it? Where can I get some cool, super efficient power uh, uh, you know, power usage out where, where having one extra power a turn really does well. But we've seen lots of characters get an extra power. Every stone gives you an extra power. Power and spirit gives you more. Power and soul stone gives you more than an extra power. And uh, I don't think it automatically breaks the game. And, or you didn't ask that. You said, is it the best faction? I don't think it makes it the best faction ability because giving an extra power in this game is a really common thing, and it's not always the top shelf. So. Uh, well, I, yeah, but it's not generally free and mostly unconditional. Uh, it, I mean, it is in Avengers, right? If you use a power, then... if you're, Right, but the condition happens. is that you have to use it on a power. You can't use it on an attack. That That's what I mean. Is okay. that you're literally giving the character a physical power before they've done anything. And admittedly, yeah. like you have to destroy the train before they activate or during their activation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Given that you have a Magneto in play, that doesn't seem too difficult to accomplish. It also means that if you want it to go off, and Magneto's the main way you're getting it to go off, the Magneto's activating first every turn, which may not be the thing you want to do. So what I'm saying is, I really like Magneto. I think everything about him is great. I love that he's got everything he wants. I think that's a really cool six-point character, that he doesn't need anything else. It's one of the reasons why I don't like Thanos, is when I it was when I Thanos doesn't have everything he wants for six points. He actually needs more points to get everything he wants because that's kind of what he does, right? He assembles the gauntlet. Yeah. But but Magneto He's actually ha- pretty lame for lame for six points. Yeah, pr- precisely. So I really like that Magneto is six points and he has the whole package. There's nothing that he doesn't have. He's got it all. And then there are ways to really abuse all of his stuff. So again, great six point character. Uh, your statement of is it the best faction ability? I will say that. Uh, I, I think it will only be good. I think it will never be a bad faction ability. I think it is a good faction ability. Uh, I don't know I don't know if it's the best. I think that's arguable because of how many times we've seen extra power on characters well, and it doesn't necessarily being, win the game. Being that I've played a lot of Avengers, I've played a lot of Asgardians, I can tell you that generally speaking, only about three in five characters end up activating those two faction abilities. And that's on a, usually a good turn. Sometimes Avengers, you can get closer to five, but 
it, it's still pretty uncommon to get that many just because like black widow doesn't trigger her abilities that often like so and so and obviously like some of your characters don't really need the extra power but just being able to go hey you get a power you don't even need to use it this turn you just have an extra power now like figure it out later like it's so good you know what's going to be really strong with this actually you know who i really like for his faction i don't know if it's permanently glued to him but punisher because you can reactively blow up terrain um if as long as Punisher has three power, and nobody can move close to any terrain because he will blow it up, and the Magneto will give <laughs> everybody power. Yeah, uh, so, it is not a reactive; it's an action, but or it's an active power. But yes, so it happens on his turn. But definitely, it's subsidizing the cost of that, right. and you know, generating power for other people too. It's a good combo, I think. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. It's not reactive, but uh, Green Goblin, however, does have the reactive version of that same power. Right. So, like, there there are lots of ways to um and then of course there's throwers right you just throw things mm-hmm. but but i but throwing is a little bit more difficult and not always beneficial but i think people like punisher and green goblin are going to find ways into his list and make so it's not just him because i think that's the thing that is going to make push push it push that ability from good to great is if he's not the only one who can activate it uh and i know that seems you're like well duh you, other people can activate it too like, of course but you've got to you had half the ability to do that and get excellent effects out of it. But people like Punisher, people like Green Goblin, um, really good, really excellent throws. So that Magneto doesn't have to activate every single turn to make it happen. Um, but a little, a little word of the wise, a little interesting new new card that came out that Magneto is going to love is cards like ec- Extreme Conditioning. So you just for one uh, for one turn, he just has long movement. So if you're like, I want Magneto to be anywhere on the board right now. So you're just like, I'm going to make him long movement this turn. And now for the rest of the game, he can be small. I don't care. So, um, do you really like um, extreme conditioning like that? I actually I love extreme conditioning. Uh, it's a new card that's going to make it into a lot of my lists if I have small uh, speed, short speed characters. Um, I really like it because I, I really like using it really early. I think the idea of using it early to get a, a character into a position um, is super mm. strong. I generally prefer the cards like um, Tactical Analysis or Climbing Gear where you get an immediate advance because uh, it tends to surprise people when they're not expecting it. Um, I get that. I, I would I would love to see the very first time the Black Dwarf moves long twice on the opening. <laughs> I guess he wouldn't do that opening move. But um, uh any Asgardian can move twice on the opening move with Extreme Conditioning, mm-hmm. which is going to be a thing. Uh, moving twice, moving Thor twice long is going to be like, oh crap! <laughs> like, okay, uh, maybe Thor is not the good example. What's a good? What's a good? What's a good character Hulk. has a bigger base Hulk. size? Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. There you go. Black, right, Hulk Black automatically Thor. gets two, right? Yeah. Hulk gets three every turn, so he can yeah. do it and like still have power. Yeah, but oh man, Extreme Conditioning Hulk just seems so good early game, but. Um, I can tell you that John, the guy I've been playing a lot at the local shop, has been playing it on me with Venom a lot, and it's been really annoying. Yeah. You're like, ha, Venom can't get to me, and he moves long and web lines range four, and you're like, <laughs> cool, Oops. I'm really glad that I was like halfway across the table and you still got to punch me. Yeah. I think extreme, if, if you don't have a, a small movement character, but I think maybe maybe extreme conditioning, Magneto doesn't need it because he's, he's always going to be behind orchestrating everything like he does, but... Um, if you need him to move long, maybe it's awesome. Anyway, uh, that was the uh, news. Real quick, oh. before we finish with Magneto, mm-hmm. would you like to talk about his name? What? Do you know about his name? 
you're the comic guy, so. Why isn't it Eric Lynch here? Who the heck is me? Uh, so I'm going out on a limb here, and this is more than likely wrong, but I was under the impression that Eric Lyncher was the name he took after the Holocaust, and so it was like a, a false identity that he took to not be harassed. And I thought, mm. because even in the cartoon, they even call him Magnus through the entire cartoon. He's never Eric. But I could be very wrong. So that was just my, I didn't know if you had read anything about that. I did not know that he he got a, a surname in order to um, escape Nazi attention. That makes sense. Um, I'm I'm looking up for why because he's always refers to as Eric, right? Well, in all the movies, he is. I don't oh, in the a lot comics of the, personally. But... Oh, oh no, in a lot of the comics, he's only he's. I, this is I cannot believe it's the first time I've read so. Well, many just like Wolverine, comics. Wolverine isn't Logan. He's like fucking Billy or something. <laughs> I can't even remember. I don't have the card in front of me. Did I save it on my phone? I did not. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't know, but I remember Logan's name was his middle name. But yeah, so it looks like they're deep diving pretty hard for accurate uh, alter ego names. Mm -hmm. Like the Natasha Romanova thing that we talked about on the first episode. Okay, so yeah. So it looks like it It wasn't, it, it didn't happen actually when he was, according to the, story, uh, the, the lore, it didn't happen when he was escaping from... Nazi-occupied Poland. It happened way after that. After he met Magda, the his first lover, mm. um, he assumed um, he assumed that alias um, Eric Lyncher, the Sinti Gypsy, was was an alias he assumed, and that's and so that was his name when Xavier met him. Because anytime you ever hear Charles yeah. talk to them, it's it's always Eric. So, huh? Is Magda the mother of the twins? Yeah. Uh, don't ask me that. It's because they have they have rewritten the origin of those two so many freaking times. Uh, okay. At one point, the High Evolutionary made them from nothing. At one point, Magneto was their father. I think they have. I think they have written and rewritten the okay. the origin yeah. of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch like five or six times. I think in the current lore, Polaris is his actual daughter, the 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 mistress of magnetism. She has exactly the same power set as him. Um, and so I think she's actually How his original. daughter. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure she's his daughter right now. And I, I pretty sure in the current lore, Scarlet Witch and, um, and Quicksilver are not his, um, not his paternal children anymore, but that, that's, don't, I, I, I stopped following or caring about it because every time I went to look, they changed their mind. I was like, okay, this is fool me once, shame on me. Fool sure, me twice. Whatever. We I, can move I don't past care. it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But at one point, that was the, the logic line. Yes. At one point, Magda okay. was Pedro and Wanda's um, parents. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up on the news list. That, that That's the news list. Nope. I'm sure there's one more thing. Just keep looking. <sighs> no, there's, there's not. <laughs> That was uh, yeah. I, uh, that was the that was the news. A lot of a lot of awesome news. Magneto being a, a big deal. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Magneto might come up later in the episode. Just fair warning. Mag so, I think Magneto will be the source of our most of our podcast until Doom comes out, and then he'll be. Well, I mean specifically, I have things to talk. The reason I wasn't too vocal. I know I said some things, but I wasn't too vocal about Magneto because I'm going to bring him up later. Got it. Um. So moving on, uh, our first minor topic, we have to replace drop-off in our podcast list. Um, apparently, 
Will Pagani obviously listens, and so he, <laughs> he basically restricted every card we talked about and banned one of the cards we were playing with, because he knew our list was too good. It's fine. We get it. We'll adjust. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, cause, I, I, I look at it as praise, really. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy li- read the whole article they released about the ban list. Uh, is it true, Jeremy, that... They only banned this card because we were so good with it. I believe they used the word Brandon Shirley decided to use this set of cards and we banned it because he was using the cards. Yes, Brandon <laughs> Shirley. And I mean, it wouldn't be the first time a company with Will Pagani and it banned something I was playing because they hate me. That's not that's and I mean, I mean, I've thrown away all my ragers. It's fine. The, it's no big deal. They did finish with may he burn in hell. Brandon Shirley. So, uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe it was because of that. Okay. So, uh, if you guys don't remember, uh, you can pull up episode one of the podcast. We built this list. Um, running through it very quickly, we have Thor, Prince of Asgard, Loki, Valkyrie, Hela, Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Rocket Raccoon, and the Mind Stone. Wow. Tactus cards in this list were Odin's Blessing, Avengers Assemble, Sibling Rivalry, Drop Off, Patch Up, Brace for Impact, Inspiring Monologue, and Marked for Death. So, obviously, Drop Off has been banned. It was a very strong combo with Sibling Rivalry, among other things. And so we're going to replace Drop Off, and so the list would still be playable outside of the ban list. We are legal with the restricted list currently, because Patch Up and Brace are our only two restricted cards. So I would like you guys to hit me with some suggestions on what we replace drop off with. So you've been... preferably not other restricted or banned well, cards. So let's go ahead and ask and deal with it. What have you been playing instead? I know you played that list. Uh, drop off. Oh, you haven't switched it. You haven't even tried it. Oh no, no, hundred percent. I've just been playing drop off. There's been a couple games where I didn't pick it in my five because okay. I felt bad, but. I mean, the, been, the, the rules had I just changed. Bad. It's not like we're playing tournament games. We're just games. playing John. Like, Come on, man. I played like two games with God, drop off. And to be fair, I like to play thing, like get my final swings in before I like put it away forever. <laughs> well, that's why you... John was John was a quite uh, a hospitable host when I got to play drop off a couple times. So, How does follow me read? Is that anything of the same? Uh, it's spend six power, choose another character to immediately activate that hasn't already activated. That's slightly different. <laughs> Are you just going by name? <laughs> I just remember it did something to another character. Yeah, and it was expensive. Uh, um, we just talked. We already talked about it, but I, uh, I do not know if we have any character in here that would love extreme conditioning. But we got a bunch of jazz guardians. They could play it easily. I do not know if there's anybody in here that would like to have it. So other movement cards, there's Tactical Analysis, which is the active character may pay two to play this card. Choose another character within range three, they advance short. Um, We can't play Aim Lackeys because we don't have MODOK. Uh, Extreme Conditioning. Uh, There's also Climbing Gear, which I believe gives you an immediate short advance. It's on the active character. And Wallcrawler. That's... Oh yeah, it gives you wall crawler as well. It's uh, I was actually going to suggest that next. the The faction we only have how many flyers we have in here? Just uh, it's just Thor. Thor and Iron Man, I believe. So that might be something like that might be useful. Rocket. Boots. Uh, but Hawkeye gets to place um, 
Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be terrible to get another, like, mobility option. I haven't run into any issues with mobility, and I play with a lot of terrain. Like, I don't know if Parker... Parker hasn't really seen me play a lot of games, but Jeremy can tell you, I play with, like, a lot of terrain. You have to play with a lot. I usually play with between, like, 32 and 40 total size as my game maps. And so... Hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> Conveniently enough, I was going to bring up what Jeremy suggested originally is Dune Prophecy, but we obviously can't use it because it's on the restricted list. Yep. Um, what about um, we have we have Rocket in the list, right? Mm-hmm. Is Acute Senses crazy, or since we already have Mark for Death, is that just overkill? Uh, acute Senses. Uh, it's you. Uh, active character pays one. Uh, enemies ignore. Uh, enemies cannot benefit from stealth. And the character ignores LOS. So Rocket could hide behind something and shoot his gun for a turn and ignore stealth. I really don't like that. Okay. Just, um, just thought. The only thing that would block line of sight for Rocket is like size 3 terrain. Mm-hmm. Generally because you're shooting at size 2 characters. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Mark for Death, I think, is is filling a lot of that role. Hawkeye can already spend one to ignore line of sight. Uh, Captain America already ignores line of sight with his range attack. Yeah, I think I, I, think I knew Hawkeye. I know that. Hawkeye and them weren't gonna need it. Yeah, because the only people that would really care a lot are like Hella and Rocket, and Rocket should usually be hiding behind a car or a dumpster and not behind a building because he's already size one. Mm-hmm. I mean, is heavy ordnance a crazy idea? We were looking at that yesterday or the other day. Yeah, it it's pay two, you gain a single attack with the rocket launcher, basically. Mm-hmm. It's range four, six dice physical, and has automatic explosive on it. And you can only mod it with basic crits. Um, it's not a bad card, but given that so many of these characters have a ranged attack, um, Loki has a beam, Thor has the hammer throw, Hela has claim soul, Captain America has a shield throw, uh, Iron Man has obviously got ranged. Hawkeye and Rocket are ranged. I don't think we would... Because the only character that would ever really play it would be like Valkyrie, who would rather charge you. Ooh, I just had an interesting idea. that I think we put it up on the list for a moment and we took it down earlier because we didn't know how useful it would be. But uh, Professionals, the Hawkeye and Black Widow tandem card. To steal the objective token? Yeah, if Hawkeye damages somebody, then Black Widow just takes it. I'm not against that. I don't know. I mean, I've played this list probably like six times. I don't know how often you play both of them. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty unlikely you play both of them because usually you're either playing Rocket and Hawkeye or Black Widow alone is most of my experience. What do you think about heavy firepower because of uh, Hawkeye's in that list? Heavy firepower... Um, refresh my memory on that one. During character's activation, it may spend two to play this card. The next attack made by the character this turn, targeting an enemy character that's not within three of an allied character, adds two dice to the attack roll. So it's just two power to sling a big arrow, basically. I would rather play Battle Lust, I think. Yeah. Um, so that would work on Hela's Claim Soul. It would work on Thor's Hammer Throw, Cap's Shield Throw. And then Hawkeye and Rocket's ranged attacks. Um, let's see what Battle Lust is worded. I don't think it has to be a melee attack, does it? At the end of a move action, during an allied character's activation, the moving character may spend power equal to its size. The next attack made by the moving character, this activation adds dice equal to... Dice to its attack roll equals to its size. 
So the majority is going to be two. I mean, to be bad with Rocket, I guess. You have to move to do it. Yeah, but I mean, it's great with like Valkyrie because you can do it off of a charge. Yeah. And so you can pay two to charge, two for Battle Lust. Like if she's fully loaded, she can come in with nine dice, Warrior of Legend, you know, Dragon Fang. But yeah, it's kind of like you're already overkilling at that point. I so think. I was looking at Blind Obsession too. Have you read that one? I have. Plus. That uh, you get plus two dice versus your specific yep. target and minus two defense dice versus everyone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a one-on-one uh, kind of deal, kind of by yourselves duking it out, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Honestly, it's not really that bad because if you can afford to play it, it's actually really good on Thor. Because Thor can generally get a decent amount of power, but he doesn't have any way to up his offense. Mm-hmm. And Blind Obsession would do that, give him up to eight dice. He's usually pretty good at like KOing a single person mm-hmm. one-on-one. Um, and it, it is... It, it, I, I really like that it improves... Uh, defense as well. Um, yeah, attack and defense. I really... It's really... Yeah. It, you would think that it would be like an all-in, but it's really just a one-on-one no, card. But it, man, it makes that one-on-one yeah, super strong. One on one. I, yeah, I feel like Blind Obsession is just supposed to be the new Doomed Prophecy, and it's just better. I really like it because of how many fights I've seen in this game happen one-on-one on a corner behind a building that, mm-hmm. you know, may you may never get to interact with that fight again, and it needs to happen. Uh, th- think of somebody like Iron Man standing there, and, oh, here, somebody's coming at Iron Man. You know, normally Iron Man may not be able to win that fight because he, he wants to grind it down and stay at range, but somebody's coming at him. Well, just turn on Blind Obsession. Now, now kill Iron Man mm-hmm. uh, while he's standing on this point by himself. Um, that happens so many times where you get one of those guys just kind of hanging out at a point. They're kind of hard to kill. Nobody else is around. That's kind of their deal. Um, yeah. it, it would be good for that for sure. But, I mean, it's not replacing a speed card like we had. I don't know I don't know that there is a replacement for the one that was banned. Yeah, I mean, drop-off <laughs> is obviously in a league of its own. But I'm just reading through here. I think I like Blind Obsession. I'm just going to see if there's anything else I can find. I like Blind Obsession because of a lot of, like, of the reason you said, a lot of our characters are a power to burn, but then they're, what else they knew with it? Like, I would highly recommend Mothership, but they're not Black Order. <laughs> yeah. I think the only other option. I think Well Laid Plans um, is a good card. But well, I was going to say the only other option might be Second Win, the other Avengers card. Yeah. Uh, you spend one per character to heal one and remove stun. Uh, we have a lot of characters that are vulnerable to stun because we're playing as guardians. So a lot of people generate multiple power, and we have a lot of characters that like to heal. Obviously, you can't stack it with the Thor faction ability, but that, and that's that's actually one of those cards that has gotten uh, stronger over time because when the game came out and that was a like a base card, there wasn't that much stun in the game, but now there's mm-hmm. so much more stun everywhere. You'll actually see that power show up more often. Ooh, what about recalibration matrix? That's always in my list, but you always make me take it out. Well, there's a lot of like characters here that don't have a lot of dice mods, and like rerolls can be really good. I always like recal because you just do it whenever. It's like fine, I'm fucking sick of yeah. Your there's I play it, I play it in Black Order exclusively, pretty much, and it's saved me so many yeah. times. Like for example, like you you attack Venom and he swings at you. He's like, oh look, eight hits, and you're like, oh my god, like I can't let Venom heal to full. And, like, you just have to play it. Um, yeah, I like it because it takes the big lucky roll out of the game. Or your big unlucky roll out of the game. You're like, that's it. Redo it. I'm done. 
Um, Parker, do you have climbing gear handy? Yeah. What, what's the exact wording on climbing gear? Can you read it? Any character may spend three power to play this card. It's one of the reasons, one of the big checks against it. This character gains wall crawler until the end of the round. This character immediately advances short. It never says active character anywhere? It says any character may spend three to play this card. Oh, it says it was unaffiliated active. Any character may No, but it doesn't three. say I the know. active character may, It right? does not say that. It just says this okay. character gains wall crawler. Wall okay, crawler. so my three submissions are walk or uh, climbing gear because it's kind of replacing drop off in the fact that you have instantaneous movement of any character. It's actually more utilitarian than drop off because it's not restrictive on who can move. It does cost three power instead of two spread out. Uh, but you can go in with Thor and then play climbing gear on Loki and move Loki in behind you in the same activation. And so we're keeping that concept that, that Thor can go in, not spend any power, and then Loki can spend power to move in behind him. And if Loki has the Mind Stone, he's generating three power a turn, so he should have enough to play it and to also play sibling rivalry. I think it, that's the most logical replacement. It's if not we're looking for. Yeah, go ahead. And I was gonna say, and it's not nothing that, that he gets wall crawler for the rest of the round. So if he does it outside of his activation, then he activates. He can wall crawl. So that's not nothing. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Um, the other options I think are recalibration matrix and blind obsession. Uh, so if you're going for like for like, I think climbing gear is the closest you're going to get because it's the out of activation movement you're looking for. And it's going to allow you to get up on somebody and play sibling rivalry immediately. It's going to be the closest thing you can get to that. Uh, in fact, they don't have to start next to each other anymore. You could actually spread them out mm-hmm. and converge with that. Because you could play four Asgard and play climbing gear, move them together and forward. And then you know Thor hits someone, throws them into someone else, and then he throws Loki at them too, just for good measure. You've also got... Um, uh... A faction like that can do this, right? There are not that many characters in the game that play. Climbing Gear is a strong card, but they obviously made it. They learned their lesson and they made it three power. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is actually a this is actually a, a group that sh- you know can use Climbing Gear. You've got the ability mm-hmm. to do it. Loki is actually a rare character that has that's going to get three power and want Climbing Gear. <laughs> yeah, because on turn two, when you're usually engaging, he can play Climbing Gear and Sibling Rivalry and still have a par- power to spare. Right. Like, just standing in the open. And then if he gets attacked, he's going to get more power and be able to, like, trickster away. Yep. Okay. I, I think climbing gear is the, the most obvious drop-in, but if you're looking for a way to increase your output on damage, Blind Obsession's awesome. If you're looking to conquer dice variants, which is frustrating for some people, uh, obviously Recalibration Matrix, which I actually think might be the best option, but it's definitely not the most like-for-like. So... Okay, uh, so moving on out of that, uh, what is up next? Let's see. There was something I wanted to talk about that we hadn't gotten to yet. Oh, uh, one of our listeners commented on how we talked about Hela in different factions. And we never talked about her in Cabal, which is surprising. However, I don't play Cabal, so this was really Jeremy's fault. Sorry. <laughs> I fa- I, you played Cabal. I, I don't. failed us. <laughs> I know. We count. We, uh, I am one a job. big fan. So the concept behind it is very obvious. I just didn't play Cabal, so I didn't even think about it. Uh, she generates two power a turn, and uh, she can claim soul twice, which costs two individually. 
And so between casting Coastal twice, it will cost her a total of four power. But with the Red Skull faction ability, um, she'll be getting one back per damage. So as long as you damage on both, it basically just costs her the power she generates each turn, which means that she'll probably have a couple power floating. And it also gives her a soul token. So if you're spending a soul token every time you use it, you're effectively throwing a range four seven dice mystic attack twice a turn, and she just sits on a point just being a turret, which is probably the best use of her. Yeah, when we when, when we talked about it the other day up at the shop, uh, it kind of like magically all melted together, my list, the rest of everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot about Red Skull. It's been a while, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hello, old friend. Yeah, it's it's weird how we're so on the new stuff that we forget about the old stuff. Yep. They've done a good job keeping the old stuff relevant. I, I like that. It just, there have been so many new things, and you want to try them because you bought them, and here they are. But The old and busted, the new hotness. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that they like do things like update the faction affiliation, so now there's a reason to go back, because you're like, okay, now I get to play my, my cool new bullseye. I'll put him in Cabal, and it gives me a reason to go try Cabal again. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's going to clean up our announcements and our news, which we knew was going to be a long segment because obviously Magneto came out and a lot of stuff happened. Uh, so moving on, uh, playing currently, um, I don't know about you guys. Obviously, you don't play games because you're lame, but I play games. So <laughs> I have finished playing the list that we built on the podcast. I have finished playing my Black Order, which I just finished painting. Uh, and now I am on to building a new list. I haven't gotten to try yet, but I played one game so far with Web Warriors. I'm very excited to play more games with Web Warriors. I think I'm really going to enjoy the faction. So I was torturing myself over what to play other than the obvious four Web Warrior characters. And I came up with an idea after Jeremy left the store the other day. And I think I'm going to play web warriors and basically spider foes together but i'm not going to play spider foes really like i have no real intention of playing them but i'm thinking about doing like squeeze in green goblin and doc ock just so i can play well-laid plans and force opponents to drop their objectives if they get any and so i'm very excited about that plan yeah do you Jeremy, just what do you think? is is that what is that what you needed because they can't they can't ko things easily enough so if they do pick them up then they're they're kind of stuck on them. Well, I mean, it's actually, they hit deceptively hard when you spend some time looking at it. Yeah. So, like, for example, if you have, like, obviously Venom is, like, the beater of the faction, even though he's not, like, an A-tier damage dealer. He's still pretty solid, but he's he's not, he's no Corvus Glaive. So, he, he has Lethal Protector, so he can play an action card to Bodyguard at range 3 and place. The placement's actually pretty important, for one other reason, which is, uh, un- is it unlikely allies or what's the name of the card? Sorry, just a second. Uneasy allies, which is a Spider-Man Venom card. Uh, it's a reactive during their activation when Spider-Man or Venom targets enemy character with an attack. That attack is within range two of the other character. Both characters may suffer one damage to play this card. Add three dice to the attack roll. And so we- Venom rolls seven dice with We Are Venom. And so if he's bodyguarding, he's probably going to take a couple. It does cost him two to play the bodyguard card. So he's coming in probably pretty close to zero power, maybe taking some, getting some more power, but also maybe saving the person that's currently holding your objective. Um, Then on your turn, you play all webbed up on Peter Parker or on Miles because it just says Spider-Man. 
all webbed up, uh, slows all enemies within three, and you get plus two dice on attack rolls when targeting those characters that were slowed this round. And so now We Are Venom goes up to nine dice, and then you play Uneasy Allies, you potentially go up to 12 dice. And so when you really need to put out some damage, you can put out some damage. You also have um, Miles has the ability to roll, I think it's like, let me double check. I don't want to just say numbers here. Miles, with his web kick, can roll six dice. And so with all webbed up, he rolls up to eight. Uh, if he gets a double web line kick, or if you just web swing into web kick. Um, and I think even Ghost Spider has a six dice attack. Yeah, her freestyle beatdown is a six dice base, so she can also get up to eight dice. Um, Parker, do you have something to say? I was going to say, like, I am really excited about that as a person who loves Spider-Man so much. I'm also excited mm-hmm. to play Web Warriors. I thought they could do damage. So what what they is... definitely they don't just deal damage like as guardians just tend to deal damage because they have consistently high dice or decent rules on top of decent dice as where the web warriors have to pick and choose their battles right but, so so what why did you like so again why what is well laid plans really good for in this particular list why are you willing to sacrifice two character slots and pay you know seven points to get two characters you know, so you it's can play definitely well like matchup dependent. But when I was building the list, I'm like, well, I tend to go all in on a t- on a tactic. And since the web warriors, their whole like the whole point of their faction is to control scenario, right? Like mm-hmm. that's all they do is board control. And so I was like, well, who's good at controlling things other than the four characters and web warriors? And the answer is no one is better at controlling than they are. But there are tactics cards that are better. So I considered putting in the professionals with uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye to try and steal stuff from people that way. You already have Miles who can just force people to drop stuff, but, I mean, Miles isn't necessarily guaranteed to live through the game. Mm -hmm. And like that saying, your characters are squishy generally, except for Venom. And so even if you're holding all five of, like, the Cosmic Cubes, which is would be amazing, but, you know, people are going to die. And so when they die, your opponent will pick them up, and then it's going to be hard to get them back. And so instead, how about just play a card, they drop them, you take them, and you leave. Like, that seems fine. Right. And so I was looking for other options for that. And outside of the normal web warriors, the only thing I could find was professionals and well-laid plans. And since well-laid plans was already in the spider universe, I was like, well, let's do that. And so that's why I got it. I think it's fascinating that the faction is so complete with just the web warriors that you have enough, like their, their tactic is so complete that you have enough space to be like, I'm just going to add in two more characters, spend seven points, and a tactics card, just in case I start to lose. Like, I, yeah. I love that idea. That's well, cool. and it's not even start to lose, because every game is essentially that ebb and flow, and every once in a while your opponent always gets that little bit more than you. And if you drop a bomb and make them drop everything, that can definitely swing the game for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. And there's some there's some maps like I'll talk about in just a moment, but like obviously the alien ship crashes downtown, the twenty point mission, uh, where there's only one extraction mm-hmm. because once you pick it up and it's worth two points a turn. And I think there's actually two missions like that where there's only one and it's worth two points. It's one hundred percent you cannot let your opponent have that one. And more so than any other faction, you have the ability to control that. And so you need to do everything you can to make sure you win on points. Because if it comes down to a brawl, you will eventually lose. You can put out some damage, you can take a couple hits, but you're not gonna you're not gonna outfight a fight faction. Like that's that's literally their job. 
So you need to be able to guarantee the upper hand in the scenario game. Yep, agree. I mean, that, that's good. Cool. We like it. Awesome. So I, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, real quick, uh, I've already mentioned John once on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about the last two games I played with Black Order, which were a lot of fun. And the main reason, I will probably never play them again. <laughs> Not again, but like for a while. Uh, the first game is I got to play the ultimate Thanos mission, and it was great. Uh, we played the Worthy, and so it is uh, the hammers, and when you pick them up, you get an extra attack die, but you lo- you have to spend additional power to play tactics cards. Uh, so we're just playing a pretty standard game. I think I have three or four characters, but mainly I have Thanos with Time Stone, and I think it was Mind Stone. Yeah, Time Stone, Mind Stone. And so... We're picking up things, and like Thanos goes last and just moves into the middle of the table just to be a jerk, because that's who Thanos is. And my opponent, John, great opponent, is uh, is playing Defenders, and so he has Venom, Doctor Strange, Peter Parker, Valkyrie, and Hawkeye. And he moves in uh, Doctor Strange and Venom and Peter Parker up there trying to get hammers, Hawkeye's hanging back, Valkyrie's somewhere else on the table, and... I go next turn, obviously gaining the priority from him, because I do one thing really well, and it's roll ones for priority at the start of a game. <laughs> and so he always has priority every time we play. <laughs> and um, so I get to go first second turn after he picks up three of the four hammers. And uh, I have just the most amazing turn of dice I think I've ever had. Uh, Thanos turns and just one-shots Peter Parker with just a strike. He, he hits him for like four, throws him into the building. He drops his hammer. Thanos picks up the hammer, gets a bunch more power, turns and punches Doctor Strange, now with seven dice, because he's got a hammer, knocks out Doctor Strange in one attack, throws him into Venom, because it's before damage. Uh, Venom takes uh, some damage, and then I pay three power and use the Time Stone and do an eight, or a... Uh, a 10 dice cosmic blast into venom one shot venom so i daze all three of them pick up all three of their hammers oh my god and then (laughs) the next turn he um he does everything he can to try and kill me he shoots me with uh hawkeye and like so i'm bled and I, i get pushed away before i get to activate again and so my next turn i'm i'm staggered i'm bled i'm slowed and I have 10 power. And so I'm like, I got it. And I get pushed away. So I spend my first activation to walk short back to where I was. And I play Power of the Cosmos for seven because I have three hammers. And then I do a nine dice AoE three attack and just kill all three of them. <laughs> they All three just die to the AoE attack. And it was the most amazing two turns I think I've ever had in this game. And Thanos was just like murdering everybody. And uh, it was great. John was a great opponent and was very gracious allowing me to enjoy my victory. But uh, the next game we played uh, that I recall was a very different game. We played the 20-point downtown mission where there's only the one objective. And I got really greedy and silly. And I decided to play a three-character list at 20 points. So I had um, <laughs> I had Corvus Glaive with Reality Stone, the Maw with the Mind Stone, and I had Thanos with, I think it was the Time Stone and the Space Stone. It was dumb. It was a terrible game. Uh, I had three characters versus six characters, and he was playing Web Warriors. And so oh, it was basically him just playing Keep Away the entire game. 
Because the whole point of me playing downtown in my roster is that between Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, if I get the priority going first, I choose downtown because I'll get to activate two characters before they get to activate anyone. And Corvus finds the objective on a skull in addition to a critter or wild. And so he's a 50-50 basically to find it. Well, he's a 3-8 and eight to find it. And then he also gets to activate Proxima Midnight who then can go check one and she gets it on a 2-8. On a and eight. And so I have a very high chance of finding it before he does. Anyway, he gets the objective, he scores, and then I spend the entire game trying to get away from him. And repeatedly, the Maw tries to get the stone from them, kills the person holding it, picks it up, and immediately dies. <laughs> and so that was basically my experience of the game, and I've posted some pictures. It was The main reason it was a fun game was because uh, it was the first fully painted game I've gotten to play. All of our train was painted. We had a we had a full colored mat. We had both teams were fully painted. It was a fun time. I got I think I lost seventeen to two. I think was the <laughs> final score. Well, done. which sounds really bad. And admittedly, he crushed me on scenario. But I was playing the table him strategy, and uh, he was down to a injured ghost widow and Peter Parker was all he had left. And I basically threw an eight dice energy attack. At Peter Parker, I did six damage, and he took zero. And then I was like, all right, you win. It's like, I can't get to Peter. He's just going to win with the stupid power core, and that that was the end of the game. But that led me to understand one important thing about Black Order. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Go. Lay it on The Maw is really bad. (laughs) He is a terrible character and should never be played. Uh, I don't think he's terrible, but he does not feel strong. Uh, you were wrong. He is terrible. Okay. Uh, but it's okay because the Maw walked so that Magneto could run. Yeah. <laughs> because he is literally just good Maw. That's all Magneto is, is just Maw but good. He has, uh, better defensive stats and the same ability the Maw has to swap out Mystic for, for any other stat. But he also can't be thrown or pushed as a result of that effect in addition to just getting the six dice defense. He has the one thing the Maw doesn't have, which is good hit points, because the Maw has 11 hit points, and Magneto has 14. Uh, The Magneto has the ability to throw things multiple times in a turn. He gets a lot of power, just like the Maw. But he has dice mods where the Maw doesn't, where he can reroll the dice on his his power-gaining attack, and the Maw has no dice mods at all. And also, Magneto can gain power from dealing damage on his primary attack as where the maw only gets one power for using it and so the maw while starting with a high level of power can't gain a large amount of power and so he's kind of stuck in that middle ground it was like well i have four but all i can do is use my good attack once and so even if he's at point blank range he can't do it twice as where magneto has a good attack he can use multiple times and it has the ability to use his better attack at a greater range than the Maw in a lot more situations and affect multiple people as where the Maw can't. And so I think basically the Maw was the playtest version of Magneto. I mean, but, I mean, really? I guess that's just like your opinion, man. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I it is. kill you. It, it, I, I, t- I totally agree. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that for one more point... Um, it's it's really kind of silly how very very different they're what they is the, what it is that they're doing right. It's not just yeah. it's not just that you know the maw should be less points. It's just 
for what the Maw is trying to do, Magneto seems to do it so much better for one more point, and he has the full package, whereas the Maw uh, doesn't. He, they, they felt like maybe they overbalanced the Maw a little bit, I think is what happened. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think the Maw should just be four points, and he'd be comparable at that, because he's in a faction, and he's the only character in that faction that doesn't have damage reduction. Mm-hmm. He also has the lowest hit points in the faction, I think, except for maybe Proxima. I think Proxima only has 10. So he's one hit point more than Proxima, but doesn't have damage reduction. And so he actually dies much faster than she does. And, and it costs two more points. Yeah, it costs two more points, yeah. Yeah, it's just brutal. I get that, like, Mystic damage is good, but I think you'd be surprised if you look through every character how seldom Mystic damage actually helps you. Because he can only do mystic damage, and one damage type characters are really the flaw as opposed to not having access to like mystic, which is the rarest type. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of characters that are actually strong against mystic, like obviously the Maw, Magneto, because he's a very similar character. Uh, Thanos is strong against mystic. The only characters that are really like noticeably weak against it are Captain America, I think, Wolverine. <laughs> Like, there's not that many that are worse against it than energy. There's really not. Yeah. Like, even Venom is better against Mystic than energy. What'd you say, Jeremy? Energy is actually the one where everybody's the weakest. It has. I don't think it's everyone, but there are a lot of characters that are weak to energy. Yeah, so if you're going to have a weapon and if you get to pick what it's going to be, just generally, energy is the way to go. Not Mystic, usually. I think the important thing is that it has multiple damage types on one character. I think is actually the important thing. It doesn't even matter what they are. Just have two. I think it's really I think that's I think it's pretty cool that um, the game has evolved in a way that we can finally do the thing that I usually like the most, which is take three characters at a huge point level <laughs> and just try and beat <laughs> some ass with it. Like I think that's really cool. I can tell you, uh, as long as the Maw is not one of those three characters, you're probably good. Yeah, you're probably fine. Uh, I'll probably be all right. Yeah. Um, but I remember when we were... The reason I'm... Sorry, the reason I'm so upset is that I spent a lot of time painting the Maw, and I think he looks really good, and I converted him. He's got, like, this whole, like, I-beam thing he's throwing at people, and, like, I was really sad when I got on the table. I was like, this character sucks. Yeah, what an idiot. And I've played him... I've only played him twice, so it might just be small sample size. And I, I hate to say people suck, but I think Crossbones is, like, an entire tier above this guy. Huh. Well, there you go. Speaking of yeah. that... <laughs> What'd you say, Parker? I said, speaking of that, are are we rating today or are we? Yeah, let's move into basically the final segment of today, uh, which will take a little bit of time, but we should be fine. Oh no, I'm we're we're bust on through this. We'd already, we already yeah. we got practice. We know how to we do this practice. one this time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of practice, uh, we messed up. I think we messed up last time. I'd like to readdress one thing, but uh, we're gonna go into ratings. We're gonna rate the Black Order. Which uh, spoilers? We've already talked about one character. Uh. <laughs> Uh, moving into the rating system, uh, I think we were a little loopy last time. We were up a little late because we had we started about old cat was almost two hours late. Ugh. Yeah, it was two hours late last week just because from audio issues. But anyway, uh, we rated the Asgardians last week, and I think we rated Loki a little high on his overall grade. I think we were pretty much spot on on his individual grades. But I think we rated his overall grade a little too high. We rated him a 6 out of 10 as a character. And I think we should readdress that. Higher? Yeah, he's at least a 9. <laughs> no, uh, obviously lower. I think while being he's a good controller, I think we rated the control category a little too high considering he doesn't do 
much outside of the Mind Stone. And admittedly, there's not that many characters that can take the Mind Stone, but there's like four. There, let's see, there's three people that can actually take it, and then there's Mac Modok, who just has it. Um, anyway, uh, uh, on this guy specifically, I think I think he's more of a four. I think when you're reaching for four-point characters in the game, I think Loki comes up not that often. No. Admittedly, he is a controller, but there are cheaper controllers and people that are just as good as him. We already, I, I, I will I be. I will totally. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm totally fine with him losing some points. Also, I'm also totally fine with us being willing to edit old ratings and look, revisit them because, as you know, as as we evolve in, in the rating system and we get better at it, because we're so practiced now, I think we should go back and. <laughs> I think we should. I, We're I'm so practiced. We've rated four whole characters. Let's go back and change hey, one. That's that's so many more characters than we had uh, rated before that. So it's four I more. I mean, when we rated Loki, I think he was number three. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, we only had two characters under our belt at that point. I feel like this is that's great true. growth, guys. I feel like this is great growth. I'm proud <laughs> it of us. I'm proud of us. Admitting faults is step one. Yeah. Uh, now, now we're ready to grow. Let's let's, okay. let's, let's not, so anyway my 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 oh. initial impression on Loki is a four and the funny thing is as soon as I woke up the next day the first thing I thought about in the morning I was like I was still pretty groggy like starting to stretch from getting out of bed I'm like why did we rate Loki a six like, it just <laughs> it hit me just like this weird thought like it was a nightmare that we did that, that, that is like, a that, that is a really funny like first thought in the morning yeah it's like oh what the hell were we thinking with Loki, man? Yeah, <laughs> man, I was drunk. You guys took advantage of me. <laughs> deal. Don't just say deal. What's your guys' opinion? Am I alone here, or are you guys like, yeah, Loki is not a six? Uh, here's well, I guess here's the thing: is he is um does annoying win the game? Like that's because that's what he is, right? I, I don't. I, I am not, like, when I see Loki across from me, I go, ah, Jesus, he's going to make this incrementally harder. But does that make it, is that what wins the game? Uh, and therefore, am I reaching for him every time? Um, he's got obvious synergies with folks like Thor. And if you're planning on, like, making, if you're planning on making the, the crux of the game happen in the middle, and everyone's going to come there in order to decide the game, then he's going to be something there to help push that in your favor. But... I agree with you. If you uh, like, how many four point characters are there in the game? And I'm looking for a strategy. Uh, am I reaching for Loki every time? Because man, Loki always wins the game for me. Uh, no, no. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I don't even think he's in the top half of four point characters. Yeah, the, he might be in the top half of five point characters with the stone. Yeah, I, I I'll go ahead and agree with that. Sure, but uh, I think he's. A, I, I think you can. I think you definitely make him a four. As a four-point character, I don't think he's even worth talking about. Like, yeah, I think we assumed that he has the Mind Stone when we raided him. But even mm -hmm. then, I still don't think he's a six. He, I will say the one thing he has over anyone else is abstract control. Like, he debuffs better than probably anyone I can think of. Like, his debuffing, because you have to kill him at some point, because he's just too annoying, That and he's hard to kill. Like, obviously, it's a lot of things. I... I don't know. I, I want to hear your guys' opinions. I've I've said where I think he is. What, what, give me numbers. Don't just give me opinions. Like give me numbers and back up the facts. I was willing to go down. I I think he's probably belongs more to five because of that. Exactly what you said. He he is going to bend the game in your favor. I don't know if he. The problem with him is is uh, 
it, all of the things he's doing are these little incremental things that over the course of a game you don't notice until you break it down into like every single functional part. Like it give you like a like a like a football analogy. Like you don't notice every offensive lineman's individual like uh, uh, individual contribution to the offense and the defense every single time because you're watching the ball, right? So in is Loki going to be the the, the the ball mover, the person who makes the big play every game? Well, no, that's not really what he's designed to do. But he is going to do these little incremental things over the course of the whole game that if you pay attention to it, you're like, well, hell, that may have been the difference between winning and losing. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think you'll see people continually play Loki forever because he is such a great foil. He's such a great that character. Um, uh, therefore, I think probably a five. Uh, it's funny. I think if you ask people who play against Loki, you would say, ah, he's a four. But if play bo- people who play with Loki maybe uh, would value him more. But that's just... Um, I would actually say it's the opposite. I think people that generally play Loki don't notice how frustrating it is. And so they would probably rate him lower. And that's probably why, because I've only played against Loki like one time. Okay. So yeah, that there then there you have it. Uh, I, had a, I had it backwards. Uh, flip it and reverse it. Um, <laughs> Jeremy... Jeremy, hit me with some numbers. Uh, I would say a five if that allows you to sleep at night. Um, I'm a big believer in him, and um, I right. he goes in my list, man. I like him, and all the reasons okay. you guys have said, I'm, I'm with it. All right, I'm going to lower him to a five, and we will, I guess, sleep better with him not being. A six. I just want you to sleep, all right, man. I don't, I don't want you waking I'm, up. I, I don't sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep at all. He's going to wake up again. Oh, fuck. Loki's still a five? What kind of world do I live in? We're going to talk about this every episode until he's a five. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I have to bring it up one last time. (laughs) All right. Uh, So moving on, uh, the rating we're going to be doing this game is, not this game, this episode, is going to be the Black Order. I'm going to sort our character list and so we can actually rate these properly. Okay. So we're going to start in the easy spot, the Black Dwarf. Oh my. Uh, so for people unaware, Black Dwarf is a four point character that has 14 total hit points. It's pretty good. Uh, he's got four three three defense, which is nice, slightly above average, and it's on the most important damage type. Uh, the biggest things he struggles with, I can tell you from experience, are power generation, because he only gets one a turn, and action economy, because he has no ability to do a charge type mechanic. He does have something that lets him increase his damage if he moves. And so he can get bonus dice. Like he builds momentum for two power and he hits for plus two dice at the end. So if he has six power, he can move up and punch you for ten dice, which is pretty cool. But he only gets to hit you the once. Um, Any other high points? He can throw size four terrain medium, which is pretty nice. Only costs three power. But like I said before, he's not great at power generation unless he's, he's really wailing on stuff to get power. He is fairly slow. He's movement short on a huge base. Um, intimidating presence. He can bodyguard for people within range two. And probably the best thing about him, he has invulnerable skin. He reduces damage to a minimum of one. And so with 14 hit points and damage reduction, he sticks around a long time for four points, which is kind of what the Black Order like. They just want someone who can hold a flank for them while they do their jobs elsewhere. So offense. Um, first topic. He does six dice physical 
gaining power per damage. And then Brutal End costs four, does eight dice at range three. Range three is pretty nice. It staggers on a wild. Uh, same on the backside. And as we said, in Force Oblivion, he can increase his dice by two if he moves and spends two power. Uh, I really like Black Dwarf. Uh, it's really it's really funny because he is in every iteration of him, whether it be in the comics, uh, no matter what universe he's in, or on uh, in the movie screen, he's always like the asshole who gets punked for some reason in the Black Order. Mm-hmm. But um, in this game, he is so good at what he does. Very one-dimensional character. But I, I would rate his offense... Um, because, like you said, it takes it takes a second to get his offense going. Um, he kind of has to get he he's he's a strong jaw, right? He takes it first, and then he starts giving it back out usually. Um, but uh, even if he's not proactive, his offense can gear up to be really high. I would probably put it somewhere around probably a seven, and I think he gets a seven because he has six dice on his free attack. Um, that's primary where it comes from. But the fact that he also gets to add more dice is super strong too. I, w- I would rate him at a seven. Um, he doesn't have he doesn't have move and attack exactly, but I, I don't think offense necessarily means move and attack. I think offense just means like potential. And in that case, because he gets dug in, and when he's there, if you're if you have to attack him at range two, and that's how you have to beat him because your character is a big range two damage dealer, he's going to he's going to do such a great job of of just wrecking that opponent trying to kill him. Uh, also, the whole faction is really good at teleporting shit all over the board. So, <laughs> so Black Dwarf looks slow until the you. Whole activate... faction is good at that. Well, there's a there's a card and Thanos. No, I, I know, I know. Yeah. So yeah, like, I get it. So just like um, it, it seems like he's slow. On his card, yeah, but we until have to remember that that it's not necessarily all about the faction they're in because this character might be taken in another faction. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying remember that someone might be like, "Hey, I'm playing Web Warriors and I need a Bruiser," and they just like, "I'm gonna take Black Dwarf." Like, sure. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think he's necessarily bad Bruiser in other factions, but he gets so much stronger in Black Order because of all their movement shenanigans. Um, Jeremy, like what are your seven. thoughts on Black Dwarf's damage output? Um, initially, not great, but after getting hit a bunch, he kind of goes bananas on you. Um, He's kind of like a big gorilla. Yeah. It's like, you're like, oh, this isn't going to be that bad, and then he starts hitting you, and you're like, oh, this is terrible. Like, if, I don't like this at all. If you flip the card over, then he's got eight more health. So, I mean, he really charges up and hits hard later, um, which is really different. Um I mean, he's like the opposite of, like, a MODOK who comes out the gate fucking swinging. Uh, Black Dwarf doesn't really do that so much. But, I mean, it's a lot of damage, so it's pretty high. Six? So, so I, without saying numbers, obviously a six dice basic attack is huge. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I start most people at a four unless you do something to impress me. Having a six dice basic attack is a good impressive point. Like, that's a huge plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, small downside, it's of the most resisted damage type. Not that big of a deal, but it is noticeable. Uh, now we move into the fact that he only does one type of damage. That's another another small minus. Um, his basic attack doesn't have any other effects other than gaining power, which is, eh, not, not super great. Um, his big attack does cost four, which is a little on the high side. Um, it does do staggering, which is nice. But and it's range three, which is nice, but it doesn't do anything else. 
Like, it doesn't have any kind of, like, movement potential. Like, he can't throw people with his big attack. Um, he doesn't have a, an action economy like a charge. He does have a fairly affordable way to increase his own damage with the Enforced Oblivion. And he can throw Size 4 terrain at people. Uh, he can also throw Size 4 people, which is noticeable. Um, I was originally leaning a 6. Um, because his big attack costs so much power, and he's basically never going to be able to do it like multiple times. Like If it only costs 3, doing 2 of them in one turn isn't that ridiculous. Um, or if he had a charge, I think it puts him up to a 7. But because he doesn't have action economy and he's speed short, even though he's on a large base, he pretty much always is going to get hit first. Um, and even if he gets hit first, because he's so hard to take down, he's not actually going to hit back that hard. He's just going to do like probably two six dice attacks and be okay with it, and then maybe throw something. I think we're I'm going to lean a six as well. And so me and Jeremy vote six. Parker's a seven. I think I think he might be a little higher than a six. I don't know if it gets to a seven though. I, I think if it's in Avengers, he gets to be a seven. You think so? Just because he throws stuff for two, or just or, he can enforce oblivion, like enforce oblivion the gate, for man. one, <laughs> move and hit for eight. He's like, get over here. Just smashes you for one. I think, a lo- I think something a lot of people don't realize is like attacking twice for four dice is a shadow compared to attacking once for eight dice. Like the total number of dice is not necessarily the important part. It's how many attacks those dice occur over uh-huh. because they they're only applying their defensive stat once per attack, and so that's a big deal. And the ability to spike dice on a single attack is huge. Like all of a sudden, you know, you, you like. Everyone's seen the, like, I roll five dice, get six hits thing. Like, well, if you're rolling eight dice, that's, like, you know, eight or nine hits. And so, like, those big attacks, like, you just can't survive them. And so, so yeah, I think six, I want to say seven, but because he's so slow and I've played him and I know he's not as bursty as he looks on paper, I think I'm going to lean a six. But he does have high potential. Um, Oh, he's scary. So, like, those those later turns when he gets a lot of power... It's really harsh. I mean, truly, but when, yeah. where Parker said they're really good at like placing people, I I've played them. I know that's correct. They can get him into melee. The problem is being that if he's playing those cards, he doesn't have power left over to do his big attacks. And so, knowing that from experience, I think is why I'm saying a six. Yeah. Uh, defense. Um, I'm gonna let someone else go first this time. Jeremy, why don't you go first? Um, I mean, he can live through about anything. For a long time um his stats like we said four a three and a three that's above average that's pretty good but uh well invulnerable skin I, uh, I don't know where does that put him uh it's not garbage but it's not the best i mean people are still going to hit him people, things are going to happen to him uh i'd put him at a five a five okay um well 14 hit points i can tell you is i believe tied for third highest in the game um there might be someone with 15 that I'm forgetting, yeah. but I think 14. But there's a lot of people at 14. Like, Magneto's going to have 14. Thor has 14. Modok has 14. There's a good amount of people with 14. 14 is on the very high side, though. Um, 433 isn't overly impressive, but from experience, I can tell you, damage reduction is the best survivability mechanic. It cuts out the, the statistical variance. Like, everyone's had those turns where, like, you're rolling three defense dice over and over and over again, and you're just getting nothing every time. Mm. Like, damage reduction comes in so hard on those. 
14 hit points plus DR though is awesome. Like having having a well of hit points and damage reduction on top of it with reasonably good defensive rolls, I think is a lot. It's not like the hardest to kill guy, obviously. Like Jeremy's correct. It's, he's not the hardest to kill. But 14 hit points with DR, with good rolls, he's going to be probably defending against six or seven attacks throughout the game, which basically means he's actually sitting at around like 22, 23 hit points. Like if he was Hulk, the equivalent hit points to bring him down would be probably like 25. Like he's going to survive more than Hulk would. I will also say one of the things I really like is health distribution. I like characters that have small health pools up front and bigger on the back end because that means they spend more time on the back end where you're going to basically have more power throughout the game, most likely, because you start the game with little power, but once you flip over, you're generally working with lots of power throughout the rest of the game. And the fact that he's got DR and 8 health and that defensive line on the backside means that he's going to keep exercising his potential more you know more often as the game goes on which is which i th- i attribute to defense even though it it, can, it it adds to his offense it's it's a the his distribution of health is beneficial to his play style um brandon where would you put him in terms of numbers well uh one thing real quick is you said you like being high health on the backside. i will say the one downside to that is contesting objectives obviously getting injured fairly early is going to make it to where you don't contest so if you're like what I like to do with Black Dwarf is if you, because you're always going to be outnumbered as Black Order, is you can put him on a flank and he can generally fight 2v1 on his own for a long period of time. He'll probably eventually lose, but much like Hella, losing slowly is a strategy thing that you can do. Like, just shove him over there, allow your opponent to beat the shit out of him over time, accept the fact that, like, turn five or six, he's going to go down, but because you've devoted your resources elsewhere, it's just getting you to the point where you can accomplish your goal somewhere else before he fails. And so I do think that that's, a, that's an asset. I think I would put him at a 7. He's just got too much health and DR and above average defensive stats. And he can, you know, pretty much take on anything. Like, there's no weakness on his card. It's just slight advantages across the board with the best defensive power you can have, basically. I I think it's it's a seven. I think if you he's in like the top seventy percentile of like survivable characters. Like there's people tougher than him, but there's not a long list of those people. I I would say uh I would say he makes uh, a seven until they do something like that goes against dr or like some sort of ability that allows you to ignore dr. But the dr is so strong on precisely deep health. Um, and the fact that they didn't make him pay for it with having a weak defensive line like the Hulk does, um, that's just really, it seems really strong. It, it's... He's basically Thor with DR. Yeah. He has one less energy defense, but he has DR, which I would much rather have. Yeah. Like, we rated Thor, Prince of Asgard, a six. This guy is easily tougher than Thor. Easily. I would say noticeably tougher. That I was actually going to say, uh, I, I, he could be an eight, in my personal opinion, but... Yeah, I think I think I'm okay with a seven because he doesn't have any dice mods, and there's no like uh, Odin's blessing card waiting for him, and so I, I think seven's okay. Let's go. Let's go ahead and make him a seven so you can wake up tomorrow morning and not freak out. And it's like God, ah, we gotta re-rate Black Dwarf. He's an eight. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, the thing that's gonna be most surprising about Black Dwarf, I think, for most people that don't 
play Black Order is uh let's move on to support first. Um he actually has a support ability, intimidating presence where he can bodyguard yeah. any enemy attack. Okay, so the the exact wording is when an enemy character within two of this character targets another allied character with an attack, this character may use a superpower, he becomes the new target. It doesn't actually matter where the other person is. It mm. matters that he's on the front line in the face of that other person. They're too intimidated to attack anyone but him because they don't want to just let him have free reign on them. To be fair, he is fairly scary. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty intimidating. He has an intimidating manner, you might say. Yeah, uh, you could even say he has an intimidating um, aura. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. So, obviously, <laughs> only having the one supportability of a, a pseudo-bodyguard on a character that doesn't generate a lot of power is not amazing. However, it's not nothing. Like, like throwing in a four-point character that's got so much health that can also bodyguard for you is, I think, a pretty nice thing. I would give it... A, I feel like I would give it a maximum of um, probably, what, four? I feel like on the outside, but three more likely. Jeremy? Um, man, I like the fact that you can generate power with that bodyguard thing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, because you got to remember when you're when you're taking those big attacks for your friends, you're, you're also going to get some more yeah. power. Like, Captain America just keeps that gravy train rolling. Yep. I've been on the other side of that. Uh, I, four, I could live with a four. I mean, it's a pretty damn good ability. Uh, I think four is a little high. I think three was probably more accurate. Considering a one would be a character with zero support, he's definitely way better than that, but I don't know that he's better than a mediocre supporting character. And so I think three is pretty fair. Will you be able to uh, will you so, be able to sleep? Oh, I'm gonna sleep real well. Uh so moving on, control. He also has a control effect. Uh he can move a size four model. Being able to move a size four enemy character is a big deal. There's very few characters that can do that. Um, it's basically and do it consistently like knowing that you're not relying on like rolling a wild or something like thanos has to um without the mind stone he really thanos can't clear point necessarily guaranteed so having black dwarf be able to just spend three power to move a size four character is a pretty big deal uh but again fairly limited in in my opinion pretty much every character that has exactly one ability is going to be generally between a two and a three um Unless it's a fucking amazing ability. Okay, I'm good with that. I can live with that. Three? Sounds yep. Good. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty much going to be the point moving forward, is threes on anything that like that. Uh, so moving forward to the role the character plays, um, I think this one's super obvious. Doctor. Medic. Doctor. He's, he's a, a doctor. Medic. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think he's a he's brute. A medic. I think he's a brute, although you could argue he's a scrapper or a defender but i think brute's pretty obvious his primary focus is in him surviving and beating people up when he can does anyone have a differing opinion nope nope overall rating this is really hard because he is such a perfect character and price point and doing exactly what Black Order wants. So in Black Order, I feel like it's so weird. Like you start the list with Thanos and and Black Dwarf, and we'll we're we'll talk about the other two here in a second. But um, 
in every other faction, I don't know if Black Dwarf ever beats out the utility of characters like other other kind of characters that fit in the same role, like Venoms, for example. Um, because he doesn't have a lot. He does have the throw, and he has the the intimidating presence. But if you if you don't have the ability to put him in the fight um, and get him up in people's faces, um, he's so he's so. I'll get there eventually, boys. I maybe on the outside, I would actually give his full rating as much as I love him in his faction. His full rating, I think, is a four. I think he's a four, just because of how, just it, when you put him in like the the rank of all the four point characters in the game, the kind of characters like that he is. Um, he's he's vanilla in a bunch of ways, even though he does have a, a couple utility pieces. It's just it's. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like when you put him up against a, a similar character like a Venom, for example, a similar who who if you're talking about like a wild, a wild card, throw him in a list kind of thing. I feel like Venom does so many different things. Maybe they're not comparable, and that and that's yeah. Not I guess that's fair. Like but, Venom does have a lot of diverse abilities. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think Black Dwarf suffers from the fact that he's in Black Order. If he was in a different faction, I think he'd get played even more often. Oh, absolutely. Because Black Order has yeah. such expensive characters that a four-point character is actually, like, a premium in this faction. Right. And in almost every list, Corvus Glaive is going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. And so Proxima is going to be the next thing you reach for because they're, yep. they have such a strong synergy. So that's really rough for them because you're already seven points in, probably eight because of the Reality Stone. And then you're more than likely you started playing Black Order because you want to play Thanos. Admittedly, his leadership ability isn't required, but you still kind of want to play the whole point of the faction, which means you're actually 14 points in, and then Thanos needs a stone or two. So you're really 16 points in. Oh, wait, we need to buy Black Dwarf. We can't. Like, that's how every list building goes for me. Is I'm like, man, I'm so excited to play Black Dwarf. And then, like, well, I'm already six points in, so that's not happening. Like, and then you're just screwed. I, I hear you. I feel like, so do you think he's lower than a four? Because he, he's even hard to play no, in Black No, because Order? remember, we're not rating him in the faction Black Order. We're rating him as a character overall. Then that's, and I think right. I actually, I actually really like of... him. I actually really like him in the Black Order. But um... I do, too. But it, you have to give up stuff to play him. It's just unfortunate. I think I would probably rate him as a brute in the game. That's four points, probably a five. I think he's good. He's competitive. He's not going to shove people in your faction out necessarily, but he will fill a different hole than other brutes will. Because he's just so consistent. He has a large enough health pool to absorb dice variants. He has hard enough hitting attacks that he'll be advantageous to throw into pretty much any faction like no one's gonna be like oh but he doesn't do x like he does everything he just doesn't do it to the point where he's exceptional actually i would say he just doesn't do it proactively (laughs) like you have he has to have help with power or help with movement or he has to get damaged before he starts you say that but like movement short on a huge base really isn't that slow like he's about as fast as a medium speed small base well i'm not i'm sorry i'm sorry with again proactively he's going to be but a lot of medium speed characters of the small base also have some other movementy thing, right? And he doesn't. So it's all about, or their faction has something to help them. It, it's, it. I'm, I'm not saying again. He's not bad. I mm-hmm. don't. I don't know. 
I don't know if he is a 50 percenter, though. I, I want to say he's a 40 percenter because I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody listening right now who's like, I have a black dwarf in every list. And every time I put him in, he does his job. He's great. And you're not wrong, Brandon. Like, man, what a great version of a four point character to do exactly what he does. Um, but uh, I, I don't see people ever reaching for him. Actually, here's another reason why I think he's a four. I'll put it out there. Uh, he's kind of dull. Like he's. He's not Fuck very. You. He's not, not. I mean, he's kind of. He's kind of unexciting. He's. He's a big bricky character, right? Um, he's the largest model in the game, and he has a big axe. How is that dull? Uh, with uh, what I mean by in terms of play style, he doesn't have a lot of character. Hell, he doesn't have a lot of character in the comic books. He's just. <laughs> he's just guy who hits things for Thanos. That's what he is. That's the only dimension he has. So, like just in the throwing, comics, th- throw defense dice out the window and just just picture my goal is to kill a character that's 14 hit points and dr and just picture in your head how many times someone's gonna have to roll five dice against them to kill them like like without an exceptional damage dealer this guy just isn't gonna die like i think he's died in exactly one game that i've played and like it's because they had me outnumbered like three to one okay He's not proactive, and he's in the Black Order, which struggles to fit in the Black Order because he's the least dynamic Black Order character. Uh, That's not fair. He is. He's not the least dynamic. Okay, he might be the least dynamic Black Order character, <laughs> but he, it's not why he doesn't fit into lists. He doesn't fit into lists because there's three required characters to take. That cost an average of four and a half points. And I'm saying before you get to him, that has nothing to do with him. And And just because the other three characters ahead of him are fucking bonkers, I get it. Doesn't mean he's bad. I know. I think he's a rating four character, and it is the weirdest travesty in the game because he's in this really awkward place in his faction. He's this really awkward place in the game. I it's it's the weirdest. It's the weird. if we're going to rate him in terms of just pure math and what you get out of a four point character, um, he's, he's stellar. He belongs at a seven or an eight, but if you're talking about how often am I going to see him on the table, uh, hell, even in his freaking faction, I think it's a four. Like, I think it's a four. I don't think that's necessarily rating. Okay. I think the, 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 the disconnect we have here is that we, we picture the rating differently. Like just because, someone's rated uh or isn't going to get played necessarily a lot doesn't mean they're rated poorly but i do think that uh rating is a indicator of the likelihood it is but it. in this specific situation we've identified the reason he doesn't get played and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with what's on his card yes it's because you're effectively required to take three other characters before he sees play. boom four <laughs> but that has nothing to do with this character's rating. Okay, so if we're rating this character, I think... Because <laughs> he's a four! Because he is this character! He's in the Black Order! He has this thing! He's not anything else. If they put him in um, the Avengers, he becomes a seven instantly. Because, man, he's real good at what he does. But he's not! He's a four, I think. If Crossbones was this, he'd get played in every list. If Crossbones was this. If, if Crossbones had Black Dwarf's card, he'd be played 100% of the time. Not in every list. He'd be playing Cabal, but I don't think he'd be no, playing No, he'd be playing list. Black Order. <laughs> <laughs> They'd find a way. They'd find a way. It's like, oh, this guy punches so hard. 
here's here's the thing. I, I think. Okay, if, hold on. I I think I understand what you're saying. I yeah. think I think you've made your point. I think I've mostly made my point. I want to hear what Jeremy says. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy, go. Use your logic to explain to this fucking idiot why he's wrong. And and, and use your use your uh, sympathetic mind to understand why this guy is just a four. Well, uh, I think it's a a real problem <laughs> when he's a part of a faction that no one wants to put him in because he can't afford you it. You son of a bitch! Um, I also think that as a four-costed character, oh my god, there's a pile of amazingly cool, fun, four-costed characters in every other thing. I, I, I'm i going to say a four, and I don't care if you sleep at night or not. <laughs> I, I will not abide this. I cannot. <laughs> Your point is there is no fucking way this character is a four. I vote eight just to offset your stupid ratings. Uh, l- listeners, by just so you know, he invited <laughs> I, us here. <laughs> he, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> How can you say this character is a four? Because, because he's four in this points, game. I would never put him in a fucking list. But it has nothing to do with the Black Order. Like, even... Even if, like, I understand that you guys have, like, the concept of, like, that how often he's going to get played, but the fact that how often people play a model does not contribute directly to its effectiveness, right? Well, it's not. The it's problem not is Black Order is such a niche faction, and, like, okay, maybe I'm wrong, and on the global scale, lots of people play Black Order, but I'm the only person I've seen play Black Order other than Jason, who was literally for two games. I think he quit MCP because of it. Like, he could not handle it. And so, like, I don't understand that, like, because people don't put it on the table, people have this bad opinion of it. And, like, like Parker, for example, you have never played with Black Order, and you're saying that he's never going to get played in Black Order. But, like, I can tell you, as a Black Order player... I feel a cut, a deep cut, every time I don't get this model on the table. And usually after the game starts, I'm like, man, I should have taken Black Dwarf. This would have been way better. Because the problem is my faction fucking dies way too fast. Probably should have taken Venom. I am am totally fine with Black Dwarf. It's so much harder to kill than Venom. I am totally fine with Black Dwarf being the best four-point rating that we have on this list. I am totally fine with that. I can see. I'm not that. trying to troll you. I feel I'm, like you guys are just fucking with me. I'm not. I, 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 like the, 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 that sounded like a joke, but I'm not trying to troll you because uh, it, I think I think that well, one his his numbers aren't extraordinary. We've already gone through offense, defense, support, control. His numbers are not extraordinary. He doesn't stand out, and so he sits down almost every time. And you're right. Every time you put him on the table to do that thing, he's going to do that thing. And maybe in a year, we're when you know we're all playing games. All of a sudden, everybody discovers Black Dwarf, and and my gosh, did you guys know that this Black Dwarf character is just the most obstinate, strongest dude for four points? I'm not saying that um, that that he's he is bad, but he I think he is the best four point four. Sorry, he is the best four rating. Uh, that's going to go on this list. I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the whole list right now. I'm looking at every character. I'm like, I don't know who else I'm going to give a four on this list. That's right. that's that's Parker. As, as good as him. I have an argument to sway you. Okay, Parker. We rated Thor a five, five mm. out of ten overall yeah. rating. Yes. Thor does not hit as hard as Black Dwarf. Thor is easier to kill than Black Dwarf. 
and Thor has the same amount of board control as Black Dwarf. Not not according to our, our rating. We gave uh, Thor. Well, that's because he does shock, but that's whatever. Like, that's not a big deal. Well, like, it, it is a thing because we. Cause fuck we... you, Parker. He does stagger. We didn't talk about the stagger. <laughs> mm-hmm. He should be a five. Anyway. Like, but he costs one less point than Thor. Like, obviously, Thor has this support thing with his leadership ability and everything. But, like, like it, I understand Thor does different things, but, like, the fact that this character is a point cheaper than Thor. And is like very comparable to him should be like this character should be a six and you guys are both saying four and it's driving me insane. Okay, then I guess this this is what I'll this is what I said and I, and I said it before. It, I would be totally willing to give this guy a freaking seven if this game had no factions and it had no other characters and the only character was Black Dwarf. I would yeah, give this guy. A seven. <laughs> the only character was Black. Dwarf. <laughs> That'd be a bad rating. He should be a five because that, he's the only character. You, 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 Every you, character would be a five at that point. You get my you get my point. If uh, it's uh, obviously he is an outlier for four points. I I, I get it. So. So, he's a really amazing rating four character, and I, and I don't I don't know what else to say. I wish there was some <laughs> way to give him a rating that was better than this. Um, but but not. Thor, it, I don't think there is. <laughs> Thor is the leader. I of still a... don't understand the reason you're giving him a four. You keep saying faction, but you don't have to play him in Black Order. I know, but I think. Uh, I think you have this. You guys have this misconception that you have to play characters from your faction. There's very seldom that even matters at all. But it's almost exclusively faction tactics cards. Yes, and I, I get that. But let's let's pretend I'm playing Criminal Syndicate, and okay. I'm looking at four point characters to put into my uh, put it into my roster. Um, am I going to take out a possible cabal hybrid card or uh, a doc Ock to pair with my green goblin to activate that tactic Am I, is he gonna is black dwarf with his just being a bland black rock right is if is that going to is that going to compete with all of the other fantastic choices in this game when I'm filling out any other roster? And the answer is I don't think so because he's four points, not three or two. When you talk, when you get down to three or two, now you're talking about like splashing in other characters because you can, uh, you want to double up on certain roles. And so yeah, Rocket for two points, you can afford to have him in your roster because you can drop him onto a list and know he's going to do that job. Black Dwarf, yes, he's going to do a job, but you're going to have to have such a specific such a specific need for exactly Black Dwarf, and it's going to have to override your willingness to uh, allow your roster to be cross-faction, to allow your roster to stop using team tactics cards that require two characters or more, to, to uh, you know, any card that says you have to be a member of that faction in order to activate it. To make, And so Black Dwarf's not going to take advantage of any of that stuff. So... So I think he's a four. I think he's a four. He's the best four in the game. My God, is he a I, great four. I think, but I think he's a four. I, I'm going to put down four, and I'm literally putting an asterisk in the database. Sure. I am totally and, fine with everyone in the world knowing that Black Dwarf is a sleeper amazing character, <laughs> and every everyone I, should know. I literally don't understand your reasoning. Like, like I, I hear the words you're saying, but I don't think there's actually situations that occur in those in those examples. Uh, like, I, I think one day what we need like to do... The most okay. important thing that he doesn't get is, like, Avengers Assemble. That's the only thing I can think of that would actually keep him from getting into a faction. I feel... Here's one of the... I, I would love 
Uh, I, I will. I, one of them, we've talked about this before. Is when the game gets big enough. Maybe it's already big enough. Maybe maybe Black Dwarf is a good like sign of this. Is that we need to build a, an unaffiliated list where it's just the best characters for the points of the game. Just pure efficiency. Go, and Black Dwarf makes that list every freaking time. In my personal opinion. So, uh, so if that if that's how we're doing overall ratings, then yeah, he can't be a four. But if we're doing overall ratings based upon the way the game is played right now and the way people are playing it, the way I prefer to play it, then I'm going to give him a four. And with a big-ass asterisk. Best best four-rating character in the game, for sure. I just disagree with why you're giving him a four. I understand why you're doing it. I just I just don't think that's an important thing. And so I'm putting down the four because apparently Jeremy agrees with you and not with me. We're going to move on because I could literally argue about this for hours and we need to move on. Uh, well, I, uh, we're, we're podcasting right now, so we should definitely do that. <laughs> Let's go. Right, so I'm, I, I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. I have never been more upset with you in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> That's not true. He's been way uh, more upset before. Uh, nope. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, we're going to go with... I don't even know. Uh, let's just get the Ebony Maw out of the way so we can just rate him all ones across the board. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, at the rate you guys are rating... Like, this is obviously, like, there's no point. We're just going to rate these guys all ones. Because the best character of the faction just got rated. All right. Oh, I'm, all he's the right. one. Let's go. Ebony <laughs> Maw offense. Parker, go. Since you know everything about Black Order, go. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Did you break, Brandon? <laughs> No, I'm just mad. Like I feel like you guys are just being intentionally ignorant. You're uh, choosing to be ignorant. I'm I'm 100 not choosing. Uh, for offense, the, the thing that actually upsets me is I bet if I had gone first and said five, Parker would have agreed with me, and that's what's really annoying me. Uh, I think once we start podcasting after one o'clock in the morning, the person who goes first definitely has an advantage. Um, that's true. That's probably what happened with Loki last time. It was like happened. 2 a.m. And you guys were like, someone said six. And everybody else was like, sure. Yeah. Then we just moved on. Yeah. Uh, I think for Ebony Maw's offense, uh, probably he doesn't feed himself with offense. So he needs to take damage, which he doesn't want because he has so little defense dice. Um, yes, he can buff it with his ability, but he wants to, again, that... If he's buffing with his with his defensive ability, then he's not taking it for his offense. Um, I guess I probably put him like if you're comparing to other characters that we've already rated with similar ideas, probably what like a six, maybe a f- yeah. He his base attacks a five, um, so probably a six is where I'd put him. Ninety-five percent of the characters in the game have a basic attack that does five dice. Right. So I'm saying that that's an average, right? That's a five. If that's well, that's an average by a huge margin, though. That's like saying right. that's like saying you get a six because you're at least four foot nine. Like that's not impressive. No, no, I, I'm saying I I wouldn't put him up to a set. Sorry, my inner thought. I, I did, maybe I didn't fully uh, metacognitively. Yeah, you didn't vocalize it. Uh, what I meant was I, I don't think he can be a seven because he has a five point base attack. Um, and also, he doesn't gain power off of it, so he's not feeding himself while he's doing it. I mean, he gains one power, but um, uh, it's it, that's okay. But he can't spike in power to continue feeding his other stuff. You can't see him doing Black Tongue and getting a whole bunch of power, then doing Herald of Doom. Like that's uh, unlikely. Like he can do it, but um, 
because he gets two power. Um, well, I guess it's two additional. So it is. Yeah, he, he has three. He every gets turn. three power base. So I guess he does. Then, he, I guess black. He hits black tongue. He and he automatically gets it. So I guess he he actually does do black tongue and Herald of Doom every turn if he doesn't do anything else. Oh, that's different. So maybe he is a seven. Well, okay. So so Parker says seven, which just shows how he knows nothing about this character or any other character in Black Order. But I did. I I forgot. So, I, I thought it was. I thought it was two base. I didn't know it was two additional. So he starts with three. Yeah, he gets he gets three base. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so jumping in here. Uh, I completely disagree with your opinion, uh, mostly because he literally cannot afford it, even though the numbers add up. So, like, if you started your turn within range four of someone, you get three power, use Black Tongue, get a fourth, spend four on Herald of Doom. If you do that, he will just die because he has no other defense. Mm-hmm. Also, um, a lot of his actual kit comes from being able to use his throw. And so being able to throw stuff into people at range long is really important for, for what he does on the battlefield. The problem being that you'll almost never get to set up within range four of someone and get to activate with four power. Because you're going to start the turn with three, and if you're starting within range four of an enemy, generally speaking, he's not activating first even if you want to because you need to activate Corvus and Proxima first, which is the same problem that you run into with Black Dwarf. And so you're never going to actually activate him first, which means he's going to usually end up burning power to defend himself with his, uh, with his mind over matter. Cause he, he can't roll two defense dice with like 11 hit points. He's just going to get blown up. Right. I, as, I, I, especially yeah. as a five or six or seven point character, because you yeah. take the mind or the space stone. Right. And I, so I, what will yeah, happen I mentioned is, that. yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're not going to have, even though the math adds up, the only way you're going to get to actually do it is if you activate first and are starting within range four of somebody, which generally means you're going to die very fast. Um, he can put out a lot of mystic damage, which is nice, but if you he has no dice mods, and so like the five dice basic attack, even though it's a good damage type, is really just about average because he doesn't gain full power from it like a strike. And so that that's, I think, the biggest weakness of him is that he needs so much power to use his kit and he doesn't actually gain that much. Unless he takes damage, but he takes damage in monster right. chunks. Monster yeah. chunks. The problem is you're either you're either when you're rolling six defense dice, you're either generally taking zero or four, as you, in my experience. But I mean, it's just so spiky with no mods. Because mm-hmm. on a three and eight, even if you roll eight dice, you're only actually defending like two. Yeah. Like it, it's so it's so swingy. And so, I don't know, it's just really rough because a lot of people incoming, like, without dice mods, because a lot of people that have a lot of defense either have, like, damage reduction or dice mods like like spider senses or something. And so it, it tends to be that you're you're not actually defending. And spending two power per defense roll is hugely expensive. Just hugely. Like, yeah. you can't justify that expenditure. It's all, You need to not get him attacked very often. And so, I don't know. I, I, and the fact, yeah, I, I, I would say for offense, is he not even a six? Is he a five? For all that power, he's a five just because he can't use it? I think he's a five. Uh-huh. Uh, because he can't use Herald of Doom that often, which does put him over the edge, like rolling eight dice. But it's the same problem Black Dwarf has. His, his attack's only one more range than Black Dwarf. It, it throws size two people instead of staggering anyone. The, and so it's like, it do, its offense is only slightly. It's actually, I would argue, almost slightly worse than Black Dwarf's offense, but it's about the same because it's mystic damage. 
Like, he loses a die on his basic attack, but he doesn't gain enough power off of his strike to use his Herald of Doom attack, and he uses all of his power elsewhere. I don't know. I think he's a five. And I've played. I've only played two games with him, so I could be wrong. But in every every situation I've run into, he either needs to move into position every turn so he can only black tongue because he literally can't afford the Herald of Doom. And so what will happen is you'll start your turn, you won't be within range, so you'll have to move and then do a black tongue, which means you're throwing five dice, doing a couple damage, maybe maybe a lot if you spike. But like that's not why you're attacking with him. You're attacking with him because of his board control. And his board control is only so-so because both of them require you to roll a wild. And with no dice mods, it's completely inconsistent on when that's going to happen. Yeah. So you're saying that even though the character card seems really strong, that, you know, through a complex interaction of things in the game, that he just rates, you know, abnormally lower. Uh, so, Jeremy, you've played a lot of MODOK, right? Like, in our days um, of playing. I was getting ready to speak on MODOK versus this guy. Like, so it's not you've had close. those turns. Yeah. Yeah, you've had those turns, though, where MODOK doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like, you'll just, like, whiff completely. And you're like, oh, I didn't get enough power from my attacks to use all of my other abilities, which is really weird. Yeah. This guy's the complete opposite. If you attack, you don't do anything else. And so it's like every turn is like a failed MODOK turn. It's like, oh, I move up and I use my abilities, but nothing really happened. And so I, like, I throw something at you because you took, like, two damage from my attack. It's just, it's just every time I've ever activated him, it's been very disappointing. I mean, yeah, I, I just can't even for okay. So Modok is the same points, and Modok can mm-hmm. get five straight up damage ro- attacks on you pretty easily. This guy can only at most get three, and he's got a, a handful of weird shit that can happen. Like, I, yeah, I so even... Modok's attack. Modok's basic attack, his psionic blast, is just strictly far and away better than yeah, Black Tongue. Way better. Right? Like it's six dice. It's I think it's also range four, right? Yes. It's really, it's yeah, really it's long. also range four, cost zero, except instead of uh sinister influence as sap power, which you know, they're very different. Like one is board control, one is was power gain. But he also gains power for damage dealt, which is strictly better. Yeah than doing uh, just flat gaining one, especially on a six dice attack. Modok also has infinite dice mod, basically. He can just spend power to mod his dice, which is nice. Um, and his big attack is better than Herald of Doom because it generates two attacks and it's a different damage type. Because if you have someone weak to Mystic, eight dice isn't the answer. Like, it, it never is the answer because eight dice is just trying to overcome defense as where you shouldn't be using your Mystic attacks on someone strong against Mystic. You, you need multiple damage types to spread out your options. And so your only option, if you run into a, a, a high mystic defense person, is to throw something at them, which is almost never going to kill someone straight up, right? Like, even a size 4-piece terrain, throwing, like, 5 damage at somebody, they're going to defend against it. It's not going to kill them, and then they're just going to fucking kill you back because you spent all your goddamn power. Like, I don't know. It, it just seems like a failure, like, at, at every point. He wants to do everything, but he can only accomplish like one of the three things he wants to do. And if he does anything, absolutely, yeah, he can't use his ability that allows him to survive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't like him when it comes to that at all. So I, I'm, I, I'll so give like him it, a five. Yeah, I, I think five might even be high, but because he has a rare damage type, I think five is okay. I guess yeah, you give him a five if nobody touches him. 
<laughs> they just let you do well i mean just let him just being able to throw size four terrain is a big deal and he can do it every turn as long as nobody like stuns him or anything but that's another thing not only being vulnerable to multiple good damage types he's also low hit points and vulnerable to like every debuff like he's vulnerable to stun he's vulnerable to poison he's vulnerable to incinerate He's vulnerable to slow, kind of. Like, not hugely, but, like, slow is definitely the least thing on this list. But he's he takes so much damage or anything because he has no action economy. If he, gets, if he gets bled and he has to shake bleed, like, you're losing an attack. He's already doing subpar damage for someone who apparently is supposed to do damage. Like, it's just really I annoying. mean, the only thing here that he has that's kind of cool and he can reach out and touch you is that his telekinesis powerhouse. I mean... Throwing something long and throwing something that's huge long is really mm-hmm. crazy. But again, so it's exactly Modoc's ability, except it goes up to size four. Yeah, which is nice. But I think it also costs one more. Doesn't Modox cost two? Yeah, Modox is two. Yeah, so you're spending one more power to get size four. Like when you get to throw the size four piece of terrain, I'll say it's it's definitely worth the three fucking power. Like 100%. <laughs> yeah. But it's not worth a five-point character being the main thing he does. Herald of Doom just costs too much power. Like, if Herald of Doom costs two, and I think that's extreme, but, like, I think he's worth five points. Because you could actually scare people with him. I'm kind of surprised that it's five points. I mean, because you want a gem, that would bring him into five. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I've played him with the Mind Stone, I've played him without the Mind Stone. Both games use very underwhelming. With the Mind Stone sounds good because he's generating four power a turn and he has the ability to move people without rolling a wild, which sounds great. So you realize it's just another way to spend two power every turn and then it doesn't work again. Like you just run out of power again, even though you have more power. It's weird. It's like, okay, I get four. I move up. I spend two to move you off the point and then I shoot you. I'm back up to three. I can't fucking do anything or I'll die. Like you spend the three to do powerhouse. You die. You can't afford to do Herald of Doom. And it's just like, eh, like, I don't know. I guess I save three and try not to die. And then you fucking take, like, a bunch of damage anyway, because six defense dice with no mods is only okay. Yeah, I agree. Eh. Like, like Captain America feels great when he rolls six dice, but that's when you, because he's not rolling two without spending it, right? Like, if he was rolling two initially, you'd be like, this character sucks, like, because you can't always afford to do it. So, so as defense, what are you guys feeling? He has average hit points for the game at 11, but he's a five-point character. And most five-point characters have like 12 or 14. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I would put him maybe he has the ability to spend power that he doesn't get very well, that he wants to spend on his penalties that he can't do. So I would say for defense, it's maybe a three. I know this seems horrible because he can get six defense dice, but... It costs two power. That's that's awful. I think I think he's maybe a three. I I, I would see a two. I mean, I would say two or three. But I'm now I'm imagining a black dwarf standing near. <laughs> like I'm like he needs to take it. Don't make him take it. Yeah, I think I would say three as well. He so if someone's threes across the board with eleven hit points, I say they're like a three, uh, with no other defensive rules. So he's worse than that but gets to go up to six dice sometimes. Generally, the, the times you'll get attacked or you're going to get it until you you either take a bunch of damage or stop taking damage. Because if you stop, if you actually successfully use it 
and take no damage. That just means you have no power yeah. to use it again. And then so you take damage the next time. And so it, it sounds better than it is in practice. I don't know. I might say two as well, actually, now that I think about it. He can use it on dodge rolls, which is nice. But, like, in my game, I used it every time I got attacked but one. And he died to, like, four attacks. Four total attacks. And I was rolling six defense dice the whole time. And it wasn't, like, crazy rolls. Just, like, you do the math on a three and eight on six dice. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually not that much. Like, six dice to two dice, you're only gaining, like, 1.3 defense. Like, you still take damage. Yeah. It's not like you're immune for those attacks. You just take slightly less. Without mods, it really is, yeah, expensive and not great. I'm going to ignore the fact that he's a five-point character and say he's a three. Like, 11 hit points. He's averaging about four dice per defense roll, but he can't really keep going. I don't know. It's it's hard because his defense is so abstract. Because it's so power hungry for him to defend against it, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two actually. Because the fact of him surviving, like using his defense abilities, actually makes him not function as a character. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two. Yeah, we can move on. Jared. Yeah, he's good out of two. I, you gotta say a number, Jared. I did. I said a three, and then you said a two. When? Okay, Parker. What was your number? You said two numbers. I said three. Okay, I'm putting him at a three. All right. Uh, support. He actually has no support. Yeah. Um, Space Stone, potentially, but you're never going to take a seven-point Maw. Like, oh, it's so gross to even think about. Because he's also going to have to spend two power to activate it. Like, oh my god, that'd be terrible. Mm -hmm. The the Space Stone Maw to gain a support might be the worst Maw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Space Maw is Uh, worst Maw. I'm going to put a one. Yeah, I'm going to put a one. If you guys want to argue with me, that's fine. Yeah. No, absolutely He's not. He's pretty bad. Okay. Control. His his bread and butter. This is actually his, should be his probably best stat. Um, his basic attack on a while gets to advance any character short in any direction, which is pretty nice. Um, Herald of Doom. If his four cost attack ever happens, he can on a wild throw a size two character or less short in any direction. And he can take the Mind Stone. Ugh. Uh, both of his movement abilities require, uh, wilds, which admittedly a Herald of Doom eight dice is fairly consistent, but obviously not guaranteed. And when you throw four power at something and miss the wild, my God, it feels fucking terrible. And also only throw size two people. Like you can't even get big guys. So you basically are going to be throwing five dice, which is slightly better than a coin flip. Uh, I, I still go back to Modok. Modok is way better than he is at it. Yeah, I mean, as a five-point mystic attacker who is a controller, he is pretty far down the list, which is saying a lot. Like, even just controllers in general, yeah, he's pretty far down the list. Yeah, he doesn't have any free pushes. He doesn't have any free things that happen. I mean, and his automatic thing he does is a building he can throw. Yeah. Like, Magneto's basic attack is, is better at controlling than his entire kit. And it's also better at attacking than his entire kit. That's not the way the movie was. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the movie didn't do I, it. Hey, I saw that movie. He was pretty now, good. Yeah, to be fair, he can take the Mind Stone. He has two abilities to manipulate enemy characters. He's at least a four. Like, he is at least a four, which on the control spectrum is pretty high. But of people that can actually control, I think he's pretty low. Like, Loki is hands down a better controller than this guy, right? Yes. Like, his controls are going to happen, 
and he has the same good ability to take the Mind Stone, except he can actually afford to use it. He doesn't have to kill himself every time he's attacked by something to not die. And he dictates the the pace of the game. I would say this guy's, gosh, five for control, I would say, just because he does have long throw size four, and he's got some control effects on his attack. Well, long throw of terrain only, though. He can't throw people. So that's not a control effect. Uh, that's, that's true. Just that's true. That's just damage. You're yeah, right. That's fine. There you go. Yeah. Well, then, literally 100% of his his built-in control is wild based. Oh, then yeah. And gosh, he is he a four? He generally can't afford to play Herald of Doom. At least not most turns. If you're really hoping for it, and they're size two, you can try it. Okay. But you're it's just more dice than the sinister influence of Black Tongue. Okay, then I'm giving which is free because he has because he can take a mind stone, but he sucks at it. I'm going to give him a four. You cut out. What'd you say? Because I'm going to give him Mind Stone and he sucks at it, I'm going to give him a four. I lost you again. Just say the number. Four. Okay, four. Sorry, I lost you again. Both times you cut off right when you said the number. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All right. Uh, obviously, this guy is a controller, right? Yeah, he's real good at being a controller. Wait, is that a category? Yeah. Controller, yeah. Sorry, it's been a week. I'm he's sorry. a controller, but he's so good at controlling. All right, controller. Uh, well, he could have been a blaster, but he's fucking not. Nope. I can tell you that. Oh my gosh. If he had two damage types, it'd be not as suffering. If he had a cheaper big attack, it'd be not as bad. If, if he had five, if he wasn't four, five points, ugh. yeah, like like Modok is better than him at every at every single point. He has three more hit points, all on the healthy side. He's bigger, so he's harder to manipulate. He is the same point cost. He has arguably better defense, even though he's two three three instead of two two six, because he doesn't have to spend to gain those extra dice. He instead spends to reroll, and so you get to see the dice before you spend the power, and you can mod them. Like like, there's so many things. Um, he has multiple damage types. He gains more power. He can just he just has a built-in mind stone. Like, oh my god, like, he doesn't gain the three power initially. So, here's the... But other than that, he's strictly better at every other single point. Yeah, so here's the question. Other than Black Order, does Ebony Maw hit the table? No. He doesn't hit the table in Black Order, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean... No, no, like, like I'm telling you, of the games I've played with him, which admittedly yeah. are not a huge amount, but, like, I have... It's not even the fact that the games I played with him were bad. He doesn't fit in the list. Like, you guys were saying how, how Black Dwarf doesn't fit in the list, which is why I was so annoyed. This guy literally does not fit in the list. Build a, a Black Order roster that has Ebony, Maw, and Thanos in it. It's fucking impossible. It's yeah, I, tr- I, tr- I tried for like 48 it, hours straight. I know. I like I was, I was liked the model so much, and I liked the backstory of the character so much. I was like, I gotta do this. And I painted him. Spent like 10 hours painting this guy. And I got him on the table. I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, <laughs> it's really unfortunate. That sucks. And yeah. And I mean, it's it's really hard because clearly looking at his ability on this card, he has potential, right? Like these things could all go well and he could be awesome, but it's so hard to get everything to work. You basically have to get your opponent to ignore you to get any of these to work because if they just attack you, you have to just accept what they're doing or spend your entire load trying to not die. And then all of a sudden you're fucking worthless again because your basic attack is only okay and it's primarily dependent on you rolling a wild because that's the goal of what he does 
I mean, you're, you're always going to have games where your opponent will just die to five dice attacks. Like, that's going to happen eventually if you just roll it enough times. But you could do that with anybody. You can do that with Hawkeye. Hawkeye has a bigger range. It's And he gets to choose his damage type. It costs two less points. Like, I don't know. I think this guy's at least a two, probably lower. He might even be a one. I don't know when this guy sees play. I am, I am, I am very willing to give this guy a one to teach him a lesson. I want him to. Hey, learn. Why, you know what? A one would. Can be, can, can we long. move him up to a two and then also push Black Dwarf to a five? Uh, no, like, uh, no. Because <laughs> when you build a Black Order list, you want Black Dwarf in your list. Like you wish he was there every time, and you feel it when he's not. Ebony Maw, you feel this weight lifted off your shoulders when he's not in your list. Would like, you say it's telekinetically lifted off your shoulders? Because No, I would not say he, that. He does that. I would definitely not say that. In fact, anyone who did say that, I would say was an idiot. Uh, it's actually funny, Brendan. Earlier, uh, way earlier in this conversation, I, I, I asked you, so you're saying that he on paper looks like he should be doing this, but when you actually you know fit him into the complicated game that he doesn't seem to perform at all, uh, I was getting to the point of that I think that makes Black Dwarf still a, a four because again on paper he should be doing everything he does. Um, I, I think, but I think Ebony Maw is one is one more terrifying degree beyond that, which is not only is it okay, not only is it bad uh, uh, in in the game, but it's also bad on the table. Like you can't get it to work; it doesn't work, does not compute. Dividing by zero, give him a one. It's my personal opinion, but Jeremy. Jeremy, are you dead? Jeremy's asleep. <laughs> that was him rolling over. Jeremy! Yes. What? What is your rating? You just went away. What happened? I had to use restroom. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say anything. Because you guys were fucking rambling. He just left. I just left. He didn't say a word. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he's so a one. Upset. I thought we decided. He's fucking one. It sucks. <laughs> 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 all right all right so uh, i think he's actually way more likely to get played in another faction than in black order because there is no way he gets played in black order um and modok's in cabal which is the first faction i would reach for because just like hella like he's got a ranged mystic attack that's not the worst i'm trying to think of a way to give him dice mods <laughs> I can't think of any. He's just so goddamn Because he's not a Cabal member, so he can't use Dark Rain. God, yeah, he's just... He's yeah, a one. He's, he's a meme. Is he the worst character in the game? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, seriously, I'll, seriously. Looking I'll at the shit stats and all this stuff, I, he very well might be. He's way too expensive. His powers are way too expensive. Everything he does is random. The only thing he can do that's halfway decent is throw a building. no. There's one thing he does that isn't random. Power generation. He's guaranteed to have a set amount of power. The problem is it's not enough. That's the problem. Uh, like, of all things he does that is random, he doesn't gain a random amount of power, which is, like, the biggest annoyance for me. I Because if he had the chance for that magic turn where he just starts blowing people up and keeps fueling the fire and keeps going and going, that would be cool. But he can't. He literally can't do that. I just went over the entire game real fast with a, with an eye scan, and uh, he is definitely the one. Okay, fine. I'm putting a one. We found the bottom. I yeah. feel like Pagani is going to message me after this podcast. Yeah. But... We plumb the depths. Hey, hey, I don't think I don't think he's like 
a you know I, I don't how okay the, the, the so funny thing job is, is like, I put him on the table yeah. I put him on the table thinking it was going to be good yeah so that's a sign as to how close to good he is he just misses at like every corner yeah it's like when you bet on a horse and the horse like gets distracted by like uh, like a carrot on the ground or something. And you're like, God damn it! Like you I, just ran that we had a chance, but like he never even tried. I think it, this is more like you bet on a horse because its name is you know cheetah, and then he comes out and it's a fucking yellow cat, and you're like, God damn it! That's a, that's a cat. Like, and then the cat only runs for like five feet and, and lays down and licks itself. Like that's. Like that's what well, Corvus Glaive is. It sounds like it makes perfect sense. Moral of the story: sense. Cats are terrible horses. Cats are the worst horses. Just ask <laughs> any horse. Okay, moving on. Let's get to black the black dwarf. Let's get to the good ones. Let's, let's get to do the black dwarf. Let's get to the, let's get to the good ones. Let's get to the easy ones. The ones that are just gonna get us get 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 us all hot and bothered here. We're gonna come back to black dwarf though. Yeah, we can come <laughs> back to him next week. I'm sure. Let's go ahead and get to the good ones. I want I want to talk about I want to talk about the these. This is my favorite part. Is we've spent so much time on black dwarf and Ebony Maw, because they are contentious yeah. characters. But then the other members of the Black Order are going to be so just like, yep, check, 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 check. Give them that big old 10 rating. I love it. Let's come. Let's that's, get it. Let's have it. definitely not happening. Let's go. Okay. Proxima Midnight. My favorite wife in this game. My favorite character that has wife written on her card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is in Black Order and yeah. costs three points. Uh, so offense. Parker, I'm going to make you go first because you're bad at rating things. Uh, hey, I can't be bad at rating things and making podcast names. I can't be bad at both. There's only one uh, thing I know about that. I would, would disagree. I would say that um, Proxima at offense, I really like um, uh, the place ability. I don't, I guess that, I guess, yeah, I wouldn't really fall into like control or support. I, I really like her ability to move around really fast. Um, uh, she even does damage uh, when she gets attacked. Um, I, gosh, she just—I I think she is. Offenses are by far her strength. I think she starts at a six in the conversation, and I'm willing to think of her as a seven. Um, yeah, I, I think as she starts at a six. I'm willing to think of her at a seven. I'm willing to. Let me see. You are you are so bad at rating things. Oh my god. Let me see what what did um what did we rate? We rated Valkyrie at an eight. I don't think she approaches Valkyrie, so maybe she's more of a six. Um, I think she's probably a six. Okay, Jeremy, do you want to go next? That's fine. I can go next. All right. So she has the basic stat, right? She's got a five. All right, that's fine. Five physical, that's Five standard. physical, we're standard there. Now, because we talked about such a shit show that was that last character, we forgot that most strikes, you gain power. She has that. Okay, but cool. That's weird. Cool, cool, cool. Um, add, Is power something you want? Is that like bleed? You don't want that, right? You want the power, you don't want the bleed. Okay, so oh, okay. one of the best things you can have is pierce. Now, she only rolls the five dice. Um, eh. It's good. It's good. It does change the math a little bit. Uh, it's kind of spicy. Uh, add the spear throw, which is basically the same difference. No power, yada, yada. I, I put her on like a four or five. She's not that great. She's okay. Uh, I think Pierce is a hugely underrated ability. It's good. Um, it's real good. Pierce Pierce is a big deal. It's a swingy one. The, the, it is swingy, though. Obviously, you're not super likely to get a Pierce every time. Five dice, slightly above average, but... Um, 
the biggest thing in her favor, I will say, obviously, um, Pierce on her basic attack, getting power, but also she has multiple damage types again. So uh, energy and physical. A lot of characters don't have the a lot of characters that have a weakness is usually to uh, physical or energy. Um, and Pierce on top of it, like because the average <clears throat> defense roll is usually one or two. Getting a wild on your roll, even if you don't roll really high, is basically negating a lot of people's defense without them being a really tanky character. So Pierce is a big deal. Um, her spear throw is awesome. Uh, a free energy attack that's range three, still five dice. Most free range attacks are not five dice. Um, and with the multiple damage types. Her quantum starburst, not super great. Um, costs four, only does six dice for four power. Is just okay. Is range four. Uh, on damage, they do gain uh, bleed, poison, and stun, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> you get the uh, that's not choice. nothing. Uh, so... So it's something. Uh, I think she is probably a strong average for the game. I would say a five is probably pretty fair. Uh, so we have a six from Parker, uh, or potentially an eight, depending on how he feels at the moment. Uh, Jeremy, I don't think I she's. Think. I don't think she's an eight. I think I think her her speed long, her ability to move with the spear throw, like all the mobility things she has, I means she's going to get to the place she wants to go to do the thing. Um, since we often label, we kind of like lump a mobility into offense a bunch as would tend uh, to do i don't uh action economy you you lump action economy into offense sure so she gets yeah. to but she does have action economy because she's going to move when she spear throws right so and you've already talked about how um, strong spear throw is um i'll give you that i mean it's it's not a charge but it it can replace the effectiveness of a charge mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't cost power which is the main thing right if they're the same against energy and physical like you could just throw your spear twice. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, you get to place. You could dig deep on people, so that is nice. Also, the um, fact, oh, the fact that Martial Prowess does damage is not is not. I, I don't think it's just a defensive power. The fact that it also does damage true. means she's she's likely to do damage when she's being attacked. That's pretty cool. Only for two power. Right. So me and Jeremy are at a five, right, Jeremy? Yep, I'm solid on five. All right, so we're gonna move forward with the five. Parker's I'm, dumb. I'm uh, I, I'm fine with her being a six, a six and disagreeing. Uh, if she's a five, that's fine. Uh, she's probably on the high side of five, especially for a three point character. But I think I think she's not quite to that. Like no one reaches for Proxima Midnight when they need damage, right? Like like mm-hmm. even a little bit. Like that's not what she's there for. But right. she can put out some damage. She's a long move so as she's, well. I mean that adds in. That's good. She's she's a good three for sure. Yeah. So defense. Um, threes across the board. Uh, she has 10 total hit points, five of the front. And so that's not great. Obviously that's pretty low, but she does have damage reduction to a minimum of one. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, so normally I would start her at a three for having basic stats like threes and 10 hit points. But I think invulnerability bumps her up to at least a four, maybe even a five. Like damage reduction is huge. Probably means she's closer to 14 hit points than than 10 in practicality. Uh, also, when she's targeted with close range attacks, she can buff her defense. Yeah, the martial prowess is really nice. Um, she's not really power hungry outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. really, like, because you're not really going to use Quantum Starburst. So almost right. all of her power is going to go into martial prowess or uh, interacting with objectives. And so, yeah, she's, she's generally going to be able to martial prowess. She's going to do it a lot. And so, basically, five defense dice. Yeah, I think that puts her to a five. Yeah, I, I, I say she's a, 
I agree. Super strong five on defense. Five. Jeremy? Yeah, I'm with you there. Five. Five is good. Okay. Moving on to support. Surprisingly, she does not have zero support. Uh, being able to double activate with her husband is pretty nice. Um, however, that is pretty much the limit to her support. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty premium support. <laughs> the Sikkim husband. Yeah. Like fucking but double activating, like as we've seen, like you know, drop off got banned and follow me cost six. Like, like double activating is a really big deal. Uh, a lot of people basically consider the priority a faction ability of the Black Order because they're just gonna have priority forever. Yeah, like you're gonna have to basically be crushing them or just completely getting blown out to get the priority back. Like the game will be decided before you gain priority against Black Order or Criminal Syndicate so, using a power using their card. Sure, but that's not gaining priority, that's stealing it. Like yeah. like you're not earning priority, you're just cheating the game. Like that's that's a big deal for them. Um so I would consider the double activate thing a extremely powerful support ability. Uh but that is her only thing she does for support. And it kind of it kind of costs four to activate. I know that it costs four like uh, uh, it costs not for power, but for threat, right? Like it co- you have to play another character in order for her support ability to go off, which is a silly tax whenever uh, we get to Corvus Glaive. Well, but, I would say it costs three threat because Corvus is already in your list, but yeah. Sure. So it, it's a support ability, but it does cost. It's not that it's a zero cost. Like, Actually, oh. I'll tell you exactly what it costs. It costs you one Black Dwarf. That's what it costs you. Yeah, there you go. So it's kind of like a four uh, it, it gives you it costs you flexibility and things I, I don't know if that goes into the rating like bare minimum but it does go in sorry it does go into the support per se but it maybe does factor into the full rating I would say this support because she has nothing except for this with one character is that a three it's kind of a kooky support I think it's a four really okay if yeah you... double activating is so big being able to take two actions before your opponent takes any I would also say that it just so happens that she happens to be activating Corvus Glaive, which we'll find out what that does here in a second. <laughs> well, a lot of turns, I don't know that that actually matters, because if you think about it the other way, it's really Proxima Midnight is the activation you're gaining, because on the turns that you want Corvus to go first, he's already going first. That's true. It's really Proxima Midnight is the one that's piggybacking. Um, the only exceptions are like weird like order of activation issues. But the, the big thing, usually for me is that it allows you to go get multiple objectives before your opponent does, especially with the speed long character. Like, you can send a Corvus to a close objective, still stay within range 4 of Proxima to trigger the husband-wife combo. Uh, so he goes up on a medium base, grabs the closest objective, and then she activates double moves to the long one and picks up an objective. And so, no, no, it's just, it's just a lot. It allows you to gain priority, allows you to gain a scenario advantage in a faction that's really weak on scenario. I, I think it's really strong. I think it's at least a four. I was going to say that, that when you're talking about supportability to like something to help characters win the game, then gosh, man, that's that's an insanely like if, that's an insane four. <laughs> if Miles and Gwen had this ability, how strong would that be? Oh, it would be, be. It'd be absurd, like right. absolutely absurd. Well, like. This this is almost as if like what an amazing ability that we're rating at a four like that's very rare for tonight that we've rated strange strange amazing yeah, things at a four plus three points on support for yeah just that ability. I'm, I'm making a joke about Black Dwarf again. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy. Uh, everything you said. Um, I I think it's more like a five. It's such a rare 
crazy strong thing to be able to suddenly not only fight again with somebody else and do damage, but to also grab another objective. I mean, when it comes to support, like, what are you trying to get out of support? Um, I think this is the most premium thing you can get out of support. So you say five? I think a five. It's not a lot. I mean, <laughs> I, she, yeah, and she's always going to pull it off because it'll happen. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. You have to take both of them, though. Yeah, I think I'm okay with I mean, five. yeah, it Jeremy, would be just like Parker, spider Gwen and all that. Yeah. I mean. Um, what a weird, what a weird reason. One rule. Okay. Yeah. The, the, well, but it also we're setting allows, out, we're, it we're, allows other things to happen, though. Like, yeah, it allows oh, I totally you to it. play, like, Mothership on Corvus and put yeah. Corvus anywhere on the table. No, I'm, like, there are so many reasons why this is like one of it's just what we're doing is setting a precedent here that every time we see somebody who has activation abilities they're automatically plus four (laughs) so if they have any other support abilities they're going to be rocketing to a 10 and i think pretty well so remember why i said like miles and gwen getting this ability would be really strong Mm -hmm. but if you're playing scenario you want to go last but that double activation is that powerful that even someone who wants to go last would take it in a heartbeat like and this is a faction that wants to fight when fighting characters want to go first so that way they can take you out before you get a chance to fight back like i think this of all factions black order wants this ability more than anyone uh, i i would i would just argue that everybody wants it and therefore go ahead make it a 5 thank you exactly all right control uh i'm going to say 2 just cuz she has a lot of debuffing abilities Mm-hmm. Uh, she has poison, poison bleed, and stun on her other attack, and they're fairly easy to apply. Um, but that's about it. I think two is pretty safe. Yeah, she doesn't even have a, any sort of throw or push or anything. So yeah, yeah, two, no. sure. Um, uh, she is a skirmisher, correct? Yeah, agree. Uh, mobile, elusive, hit and run. That sounds. Like oh her. yeah, for sure. She's also enabling other characters and working the scenario a lot. I think that's really yeah. Skirmisher. And overall rating. Ugh. Um, now, here's I'm a... I'm actually afraid... Hold on. Parker, shut up. You're not allowed to rate <laughs> things. <laughs> I'm worried that if I don't go first, you're going to come out with like a nine and like, whoa, hold on. Um, Jeremy, you go first. Overall rating. Hmm. She's a three-point model, which is great. She's got good stuff. She does the job she's supposed to do. Seven? Three-point skirmisher is kind of odd. I, I would give her a seven. She does what she's supposed to do. A seven? Oh my god, you guys are insane. Okay. She's only three points. Yeah, but I mean, she's pretty comparable to Zemo, I think. Zemo's at least a seven. Is he? <laughs> we could argue it. You think it. Zemo's a seven? We could argue it, but I think so. I mean, I mean, I guess that's not extremely high, but I think that's high. I mean, for the job that she's supposed to do, she doesn't have anything. I mean, she does the job, man. The one thing that you have to consider, though, is that she, like we just talked about, a lot of her kit is generalized around her being with Corvus. And I know Parker's thought about this, but you can't really bring her in alone. You're bringing Corvus with her. Well, correct. A lot more so than in reverse. Corvus can go somewhere on his own, but Proxima really doesn't. All right. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I can, I'll, I'll crack a six pretty easily. I'll go six. Oof. I was actually going to say... If we're rating this character based on herself and not with Corvus Glaive, if that's what the ratings are for, Ooh. like oh. then oh. if that's possible, 
then I think uh, I think she's like a three. And the reason why I put her so low oh. is um, in terms of three-point characters, like when you compare her to some of the other three-point characters in the game that are uh, skirmisher types, um, like both, uh, like two of the spider friends are much stronger skirmishers, like playing the objective and not doing incredible amounts of damage, but can dish some out. A uh, lot of movement tech and strategies and the ability to, you know, to, to control other characters and, and manage that objective-based well, game. I feel like she is stronger than uh, a lot of different characters in the game that fulfill a similar role at her points. However, however, that's where I put it for she's a three. If you let us rate her, if we're willing to rate her with Corvus Glaive, I actually like her at a six. I think she automatically doubles because she functionally doubles. She plays so much of a better game than any other she's like, pair. She's like a three-point uh, Infinity Stone. Like, yeah. you're just adding her on to Corvus Glaive because right. she's effectively not going to get played outside of that. Although, I think even outside of, like, playing her in a vacuum, I think she's better than a three. I would go at least a four, maybe even a five. Cause really? We're we're staring. If you just covered up that one ability and, and erased her name and said new character coming out, you're like, oh, that looks like New Black Widow. Sure, like is she different? Like how is she worse than New Black Widow? Like they're different, but she hits a little bit harder than Black Widow does. She's probably she's actually more mobile than Black Widow. I think she does have DR, which actually I think DR by itself on a skirmish. DR is ridiculous probably, because probably puts her regardless, up to a, yeah. it's a minimum of two more hit points. I was kind of focusing on the because top if part you're of taking, card. yeah, if you're getting shot like one shot front, one shot back, that's two extra hit points right there. It's a minimum of two extra hit points was, unless you're taking one damage at a time. Then I, I'm 100. Then I actually I look kind of the top of her card, not the bottom of her card. So and Marshall Prowse, like you said. I really like the Marshall Prowse on this character is being used constantly because she doesn't need her power for really anything else. I love efficient characters. So I'll go ahead and put her mm-hmm. at a four, and she at least goes up to a six if we're allowed to talk about her and Corvus Glaive, I think. Um, at least a six. But um, in terms of... It, uh, I, I, I told you guys that for a while, when Corvus Glaive and Prox of Midnight came out, uh, it was a seven-point module that went into all of my lists. <laughs> I took out I took out seven points from every list I had ever made and put in those two characters. Um, that's how much I loved... Actually, I took out three slots sometimes and also put in the Reality Stone. So that's how much I love these two together and I, how highly I rate them. Um, so... Uh, I I don't even like giving her a six if we're if we count Corvus Glaive. I think she's more like a seven or an eight. I think, I think seven insane. is a little high, but um, I, I think I think six is is acceptable. So what are we what are we doing? Are we doing are we doing non Corvus Glaive rating or pro Corvus Glaive rating? Are we is this our first character that gets two ratings? No. Is she a four and a six? No, no. we're not doing two so, ratings. We're not well, doing I ratings. I think I, I make a motion for two ratings now from now on. Let's do it. Everybody gets two ratings: one with themselves and one with Corvus Glaive. Every character. Uh, I'm just expe- <laughs> expecting Parker to try and sell me on it by saying that Black Dwarf gets a second rating. Uh, if Black Dwarf and Corvus Glaive are in the same list together, I think Cor- uh, Black Dwarf gets better. I think I think we can improve his score. <laughs> so every character that we've we've done so far that has been able to use a stone. So let's let's kind of draw some parallels here. That there you go. I like that. Stone. We've included the fact that you can do either or. So this is no different. Yeah. I. I, I agree with Jeremy. This is you have to look at her as a potential 
but also accept what she is at face value. Like, you have to mix it together. Like, every character is going to have situations when they're more likely to get taken, and that's usually when we're rating them. Like, when we rate Loki, we're rating him the five that we gave him because he can take the the Infinity Stone, not because he could take it or could not take it. Like, we're, we're reviewing potentials. There are games that I think Proxima Midnight should be a viable option solo as a mercenary in some lists. But those games, it's because you want a fast-moving, durable character, and that's all you care about. And so those games, I think she will be a five or a six on her own because she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do. But 95% of the games she gets played in, she's going as action economy, which is also fine. Okay, then let's let's make her a six. I like that. Okay, I've already put down six, so... Uh, I'm I'm willing to make a motion that she's a six. Um, and anybody second it? <laughs> All right. The next <laughs> Hello? the next character Hello? in the Black Order <laughs> is uh, Corvus Glaive, husband of Proxima Midnight. Is there right. a gold, are we giving out gold stars or what do we do next? Okay. Can we? Uh, I'm five I'm gold stars. Really ex- I'm really excited to give this guy an offensive rating. I think I'm ready. All right. Offensive rating ten. Moving on. My, I'm not gonna lie. My body nope, is prepared. We, my body passed it. My We're body is prepared. It. It's a ten. Uh, really? I thought we. Is he really that perfect? I thought he was. I thought he might be our first nine rating. I don't. No, he's a ten. Not close. It's. It's. He is the hardest hitting character in the game by far. He is alone on the pedestal. He is the Grim Reaper of the game. Like, he's absurd. He does so much damage. It's silly. Yeah, and and if you give him. And if you talk about potential with Reality Stone and his card, you're just like, so ah, that will die now, and it's dead. Yep. I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna call you back to Black Dwarf when we said, you know, sometimes just doing a lot of hits is better than consistency because you know you just can't overcome the fact when they do like six or eight hits, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the three highest hits I've had with Corvus are 16, 14, and twelve. Like, how do you survive that? You just go down. Like, yeah. like I'm dazed or dead. Pick one. Like, it, it like doesn't, it just, it's stupid. It doesn't even matter that he ignores your defense dice. He doesn't even need to at that point. It, yeah, it, like, you, I don't even take execute. It's yeah. wasted. Yeah. It's like, it's so silly to imagine a situation when someone would survive because of the amount of dice they rolled and not what I rolled. Like, it's so absurd. Like, he gets... I've forgotten more times than I can count that he gets to move medium as part of death blow. That's so stupid. Just on top of everything. Like it's so nuts that he has a range three attack that rolls seven dice that has flurry and he gets to move. That's crazy. Also his strike has pierce. Like we talked about is also awesome. He has a range attack that costs zero that gives him a power, which is just okay, but it does give him an option for energy damage and a range attack. Um, Glaive's Edge is amazing. Being able to succeed on blanks, um, getting to double activate, having DR with 12 hit points, having access to the time and reality stone, which obviously reality stone is the pop- popular choice. Because if but- you have reality stone and you death blow and you Glaive's Edge and you death decree off of Thanos, he's rolling 11 dice. One of his skulls gets to be a crit and he succeeds on blanks and he triggers flurry on wilds. And then he gets to move to someone else to kill because you're dead. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I don't know how you get more offensive than that. I mean, you just don't. 
like I've just rolled it just bored like waiting for paint to dry like I've rolled it like he can kill Hulk full to dead in one activation with 10 power like like if Hulk walked up and just dazed him straight up he would just kill Hulk back like he's like whatever you're dead too like that's cool <laughs> that's like crazy the fact that he can make four attacks including making two medium moves like that's six actions what the fuck like he's so crazy the only thing he doesn't have is dice mods and if he ever gets them, you're dead. Like, not <laughs> close. Like, if you allowed him to re-roll attack dice, oh, wait, Thanos does on the injured side. But also, like, oh, my God. All right. Well, I I am, I am was very prepared to give him a hard nine. And uh, after uh, I did kind of the same thing I did for uh, Ebony Maw. I just scanned the whole game real fast. I was like, yep, he's the 10. Let's go to the defense. Uh, I will say, I can't remember who it was. Was I, ta- I think I was playing against, the first time it happened, I was playing against Jason. I just did like 14 hits. So you, like, you kicked him out of the game yet again. Yeah, I attacked well Thanos. I was like, I looked at the dice. I'm like, I don't see, I only see one skull and I don't see any blocks. I rolled three crits. So, so you take 14 and he's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm dazed. That's <laughs> like cool. <laughs> like, like we can just move fat. Like, don't roll defense dice. You're just dead. So dumb. Like, yeah. I've I've like not even had power on him and just played uh, mothership and teleported across the table and he just dazes two people just because. Like, whatever. He doesn't even need to use death blow or glaive magic. <laughs> he just dazes them. It's just so silly. Or, or you do the first strike and you daze somebody because you do like four hits and pierce with with the reality stone and you're like, oh cool, I've got four power now. So I'll death blow, kill this other guy, get to move medium and trigger flurry. And you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, he's just like head chopping people moving around wherever he wants. So silly. And he's only Sorry. four points. So and yeah, that was a lot of well, he's gonna be five points because sure, reality stone's just sure. so good on him. But the yeah. and and that is why he went in all my lists when I read him. I was like, this is yeah. why he will go in. I've played him without the reality stone a ton of times, and he's still really good without it. But, you know, with the reality stone, it's just way more consistent. Uh, so moving on, uh, defense. This is actually kind of an interesting one. Uh, so he's threes across the board, just like his wife. Uh, has DR, just like his wife. However, he has 12 hit points instead of 10. So And the reality he, stone. He's probably going to have the reality stone more often than not. Um doesn't have martial prowess so that's something uh he's gonna generally be farther back uh because he's so good at just appearing and killing people um eh, i don't like i think like a six i would say with the reality stone he's easily a six without the reality stone i think he's more like a four uh, but i think with the reality stone he's a six actually no never mind he's a maybe a five with the reality stone because dr is such a big deal with 12 health um He's, a, he's at least a five, probably. But then with the Reality Stone, I think he becomes a six. Easily. And yeah, let's do this to six. I, I, mean, I would agree with you. Since he comes out the gate at a cost of four, he only becomes a five with a stone. Yeah, man. He's a six. Yeah, I think he's six as well. He should have been. I look at all the other guys. I'm like, how does this guy not cost five? Oh, okay. Hey, uh... Just heads up, guys. Whoever's in the Google Doc, make sure you're not changing formats and stuff, because someone's in here changing the formats on here. I haven't touched it. Okay. Uh, so moving on to support. Um, I know we gave Proxima a uh, five in this category because she had the uh, activate with her buddy 
but I don't think we should give this to Corvus because he's not really letting Proxima activate. It's Proxima letting herself activate. Like, Corvus's activation is the set, like, standard. Like, he's the sump cost. And then gaining the Proxima activation is the bonus. Is that... Are you guys following me there? Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that just what you find whenever you play him a bunch? Is that... That's just how yes. it goes? Yes. Like, playing the faction, the Corvus Glaive activating is the activation. Proxima is the free activation. Now, that doesn't mean he always goes first or anything. It's just that... You, like, if Proxima didn't also activate at the same time, she doesn't make the list over Black Dwarf ever. Like, unless you just don't have four points. And so, mm-hmm. like, the reason that they always get played together is because she's, like, a drop-off every turn. Like, she's getting the free activation for nothing. Like, because Corvus Glaive is going to activate whenever the fuck he feels like activating, which, being that he likes to fight people, is going to be the first activation, unless you're just waiting for your opponent to make a mistake and move into range. Like, that's the only time he doesn't go first. If there's something with that Corvus can attack, he activates and kills it, and you move on. Like, and then Proxima does something. Like, it's never about Corvus getting to activate after her. It's always, she gets to activate in addition to him. Because we can't give them both a five in support, right? I I don't know. I thought earlier we said the ability to double activate was four points. Um, That's what I thought we heard. I I thought, I heard that said. (laughs) Maybe we didn't know what he said it literally, but that's that's a precedent. You can't double dip it, right? Like, does it work on both ends? Like, are both of them a five on support? Because you're only gaining one activation, not two. Uh, like putting them both in a list isn't a total of a ten. Well, if they if she gets a five and he gets a three, I think they both get a three. Uh, like I don't. No, I was gonna say just give him a one because only one uh, of their activations is free. But he gets a free. But he he's providing a free activation. That's an enormous support. Why does she get that? That's but he's really not weird. benefiting. He's not gaining unless she's there and she's a five in support. Yeah, but why? Does that make sense? Yes, but when why if she's not getting anything if, if Corvus Glaive isn't there, why is she as a five on support? I I don't understand why she gets five if he gets one. Well, they, it's one of those things they have to be together for it to work at all. And if we're talking about potential, then I think he's a five, or they're both threes or something. I don't know, but I I don't. Well, they're either both a one or GRC. There's a five in there somewhere, but if they're not together, it's a, it's a one. It's like it's, it's like the bottom, right? Jeremy, am I making sense here? I see what you're trying to say, but I, because I think what we're saying also, I I'm with Parker on this. Like I think that he gets the same difference as her. I, I don't. I think it, because it works in both directions. But like what I was trying to say <sighs> is that like Corvus's activation is paid for by his points. Like that's part. Like the reason you take him is to be the hitter. And then Proxima is just there in addition because of her ability. Like, she probably wouldn't make the cut for the list if she didn't have that. And so that's the reason she gets in is because she's action economy for your list. But could I? But the same could be said. You could, you could say exactly the same sentence that, that you know, she wouldn't be in the list if Corvus didn't have that ability. You could also say Corvus didn't have the ability, like because I, it, it has. Yeah, to I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't feel comfortable giving them both a five, if that makes sense. I think the ability is really powerful, but I don't think it makes sense. On it might just be my brain saying that this doesn't make sense. But putting a five on both stats seems like they're both very supportive, but they're not. They're just it's a link between them. I yeah, I I, 
it, whatever you guys want to do is fine. I really don't. I guess I don't care that much. It's just an opinion I have. I think that they have the exact same amount of support. They do the exact same thing. Okay. We're, we're doing a five. We're moving on. Uh, I'm going to put an asterisk. No, I'm just You're going to wake up tonight? It, I think a lot of people realize that it's only because they double activate. And so that's the action economy is the support. Yes. And how whatever order you decide to do that in. I just have always viewed her as the free activation. And so in my brain... Corvus has zero and Proxima has all of it because she's only there because of the free activation. And so it's where Corvus was going to make the list regardless. You could delete that rule from his card. He's still in black order. Like sure. Absolutely. Close, so. But he has it. So yeah. it's cool. Right. And so it's just, I've always, I just the way I viewed it, I guess. So moving on to control, he has zero control over other than controlling when people's lives end. So, <laughs> I was going to say, say the, he does control when people are alive and dead. He, contra- he controls the sound it makes when it lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When it takes a life. All right. Uh, so one. Moving on. Obviously a scrapper. Yeah. Scrapper extraordinaire. The scrappiest scrapper. The, the most scrappy. All right. I'm going to let you guys go first and then tell you why you're wrong. Uh, if if you allow me to rate him, you know what? Uh, I'm feeling slap happy. It's it's two o'clock in the morning. I am going to give him the rating that I would have given that I that I decided to give him when I saw him. Um, I'm going to give him an eight because I think uh, his just immense destructive potential is so high. Um, the only reason why he doesn't have a nine is um, uh. Because so many of the, some of the ways, so many things that make him work so well, maybe are just in black order. So maybe you don't automatically drop him in every list uh, automatically. But man, I if I if I want a scalpel to excise this this model in the universe, I can't think of five more points, you know, five points to spend better. That is going and and if for some reason he was only offensive, if he was just like a rocket raccoon where he could put out a lot of uh, damage over the course of the game. I you know I could bring the rate lo- rating lower, but he's also going to stick on the table. He's also not going to die. Um, and if I get proximate night in there, I get extra activations out of my my, my bargain. Um, I think he's an eight easily for me, and uh, he's super close to a nine. I think. Um, Super duper close to a nine. He might be the reason to play Black Order, so maybe they have to make him a nine. But, but there, yeah, that's what I say. Hmm. Jeremy, uh, at his job in the game, what he does and all that, um, nine. Nine. Justify your nine. His output is insane. Um, there's really no other model that's like him, uh, and he gets the double activation shit. He also can. I mean. <laughs> You could also take the time stone if you like, and he gets even. I mean, it just keeps coming. I think that's a mistake, it, but it, yeah, it, it's there. You know, it's on the. You mm-hmm. could, um, but yeah, take Wong just to hand him power. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, that I, I just I can't imagine he just does so much damage. He's just such a heavy heavy. Hit. <clears throat> also with also with Proxima Midnight, he's taking an objective advantage. Like he creates the objective advantage for the whole faction and maybe any other faction. It doesn't matter what list you drop them in; they're going to be able to do that trick in every game. Oh man, I think he made me might be a nine because they're married. It says on the card they're in love. Yeah, I mean they're they're in love slash murder frenzy. But yeah, <laughs> murder frenzy. I also rage. reflect. I also respect just how honest his alter ego is. Just Corvus Glaive, Corvus Glaive. Like, yeah, uh, you gotta respect that. Uh, <laughs> his mother, his mother named him Cutting Cutter, like 
Death Cutter. Like I'm going to name you Death Maker Cutter. Like that's what he if if she if he had a mom, if he didn't just How did this guy get punked so hard in Infinity War? Just so hard. Like he lost to like four different people in just embarrassing ways. In the comics in the comics he does not. He's a terrifying monster in the comics. He's he's absolutely terrifying in the comics. Didn't you say he's like the one that speaks for the Black Order? Uh-huh. In the co- in the okay. comics. So they yeah. did they made the Maw the vocal <sighs> piece just for no reason in the movies. Right. Yeah, he's super menacing and terrifying. Um in one in one point he uh, I can't remember precisely the scenario but he shows up in front of the, all of the Avengers and he's like Thanos is coming and he gives like them the Maw, the, the speech and they're like uh oh no he does it in front of the Inhumans and and he, and he gives it to the royal family. He's like, you know, Thanos is coming. All you have to do is die. All of you can die. And they're like, and they're like, no. And they try to fight him. And he's like, okay. And he just like murders a bunch of them. <laughs> and and they're like, uh, maybe we should stop trying to kill this thing. <laughs> and he goes, tellyho, and he leaves. <laughs> like that, that's the whole. It's he's such a terrifying monster in the comics. It's awesome. That's good to know. Uh, gosh, I think nine's kind of high, but. I'm leaning more in eight, because uh, to get the full package, you're not looking at four points. You're looking at more like eight uh, for the action economy. If you even if you forgo the action economy, he's still five points for the the reality stone. Without the reality stone, he's not getting that full potential out of Black Order because he doesn't have the access to Mothership. He doesn't have the access to all Thanos' cool tricks for more damage, but he still hits really hard. Um, I think an eight is more fair. Okay, but you guys are either of you willing to move down to an eight, or are you both pretty? No, I'll I'll move to an eight. That's fine. My 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 initial my initial impression was eight because I'm I'm because it is such an enormous investment. Uh, it's a huge point investment to get the package, but for that money, you're going to get an early scenario lead. You're going to get a monstrous death dealer. You're going to get somebody who sticks on the board and gets double activation. You know, with a fast with a fast partner like. My God, uh, like just like it's like okay. What would you like to have in the game? We're like, oh, I'd like to have all of these things. So that's dude, that's like seventeen things. I don't think you have all seventeen of those things. You just you push Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight towards them. You're like, oh, you want all of those things? Like, you, there they are. Like, I can't believe they gave him the weapon they gave him, also giving him flurry. <laughs> it's just crazy. And the freaking reality stone. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And unlike Valkyrie, because of Glaive's Edge, he doesn't need to mod his dice. Like, he'll just succeed. Yeah, like, right. there's only fucking two results on the die left, bro. Like, <laughs> like he yep. gets he gets hits, he gets crits, he gets wilds, he gets fucking blanks. <laughs> like, that's six out of eight, and then he gets one skull. Like, God, like, come on. Like, And he gets to power turn every time with the Reality Stone while he's doing it. Like, it's, it's just... Pfft. The reality stone just makes him go so hard that at this point it's hard to take him without it. It's like it's like taking him without Proxima when you take him without the reality stone at this point. Like it's such a nice addition to him. Like it fits him probably better than the Mind Stone fits Loki. Like it's such oh, a nice marriage. What's kind of funny about him is that the one of the things I, I I don't like about him coming from a design perspective is they built a really strong offensive four point character and then they just happened to give him the option of having all the things you don't want a hyper offensive character to have uh, like consistent dice mod extra power and like a, a supporting character like partner that that like lets you do uh, like that's gonna run interference 
and do it at the same time as you, you're, you're, you're just compounding sins. Um, when you add the Mind Stone onto Loki, you give him one extra power and he can do some control. When you add the Reality Stone onto Corvus Glaive, you, it's not just a, I added one point to my character. You functionally almost doubled his output over the course of a game because it's offensive, it's defensive, it's power. Like it's, 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 I almost don't, I almost don't like how, how the reality stone affects a super offensive character like him and how they just mm. gave it to him. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud because apparently Pagani <laughs> listens to this podcast and restricted reality stone. He's on actually Corvus calling Glaive. me right now because of what you just God, said. Damn it. I did it. Right. We, did, we did it again. We banned He's a card. He's across the dateline. He's already heard it. Dang it. We banned, <laughs> a, we banned a card again, guys. Why are we always do, yeah. doing this? Ugh. All right. So moving on, uh, we have Thanos, the Mad Titan, um, as opposed to Thanos, Chosen of Death, just Thanos, Mad Titan. Uh, offense. I think this is uh, his lowest stat, right? Like, uh, He's kind of weird in the concept that he's similar to Thor. Where he's got very consistent above average, but he doesn't spike that high. However, he actually has access to Cosmic Blast. That that's an eight dice energy attack for three power. Like that's so much better than anything Thor can do. And so I actually don't think he's bad at offense. The only thing he doesn't really have is action economy. He doesn't have a charge mechanic. But being that his best attack, Cosmic Blast, is range three. And he can get access to the fucking time stone. Like, that's not really an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I think he is, he hits surprisingly hard. My initial impression of him when I first played him was that he's a lot like Thor, where he's more of a tank than he is a damage dealer. Uh, but he actually ends up doing a lot of damage. Would you say that he kind of, rather than having like big, spiky, I kill you? one dead like Corvus Glaive. It's more like attrition style where he's just always going to do more damage to you than you do back to him. It doesn't matter what you try. He's just going to do more damage to you than you do back to him. And that's how, uh, he, and that's how his like offensive potential is realized. Somewhat. But the, the fact is that he's so consistent on offense because he's going to, I mean, there are going to be games where you don't take the time stone, right? Cause you can't afford a two point stone, but you're always going to have at least one or two stones that give him more power. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get so much extra power from those stones. Cause he's either taking the power stone or the soul stone. If you're taking a bunch of one point stones, even if you just take the power stone on him, which isn't, I think even the best way to play him, it's still three power a turn, which lets him just fucking line up and blast someone with eight energy dice. If he was just a turret that, that costs seven points and moved and shot an eight dice energy attack that had wilds to move people. That's honestly better than probably the maw because he's not going to die. Like, I think that's already better than what the maw does. And obviously he's more expensive than the maw at that point, but he's so much harder to kill. Like so ridiculously harder to kill. Um, no, I think he's at least a seven on offense. Uh, the, really? The strike, wow, the strike is only... It's really the Cosmic Blast, because he's got access to multiple damage types. He's got a range three energy attack that can do eight dice of energy. How many characters in the game have an eight dice energy attack? And how many of them cost less than three? Well, this costs three, right? Precisely. Right, it costs exactly three. But you don't have to spend three on it, though. If you only have two power, it can be a seven dice energy attack. It can be a five dice energy attack. It's 
Oh. It's variable. You It I'm costs zero, and then you can spend up to three to increase the dice. I'm sorry, Brandon. Did you say you were going to rate them at a seven? Yes. Oh, uh, for some reason, I heard eight so many times. We were, you were talking about the eight that I thought oh. you said eight. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, no. No, no that was... seven dice. I think he's at least a seven. I honestly wouldn't be that upset with an eight. I, now, I obviously, him being a, a six to ten point character, he's going to be hit a lot harder than like a lot of characters. I, I, I will fit him confidently at a seven. Um, on the high side of seven, I don't think I'd confidently put him in an eight. Um, him not having a, a non-attack or non-action costing way to damage people, I think is the only reason he's not an eight, if he's mm-hmm. not. Because like Thor can just declare that you dodge five, right? Like He can just say that. There's yeah. nothing that you can do about it. As where Thanos has to spend an action to try and hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, thoughts? Um, I mean, he's got your staple gain power with the six dice and all that, but yeah, his meat and potatoes is in cosmic blast. He has he has plenty of power to use it. I mean, six or seven. It's just and it is power. It's the energy one, so that's the best one to have. Yeah, I I don't mind yeah, seven. He, his strike also having a throw being base six dice. Like I think he would be a six just based on his strike. If he had no other offense than punch, I think he'd be a six. I think he's a very high seven, and the only reason I don't say eight is because he doesn't have any way to just go crazy. Like, eight's really high and really good dice, and it's a good damage type. Um, Yeah, because he's, I think a lot of the time you're not going to have the reality stone on him, which is going to leave him basically no way to mod his dice. I think think a seven is probably fair, but I think it is on the high side. Um, Defense. Uh, I'm just going to say... If there's going to be a 10, how is it not Thanos? Especially with the Reality Stone. Um, yeah. If, if he has the potential of the Reality Stone, I know we've talked to Corvus gave a lot with the Reality Stone, and he really wants it. And that that's the only reason why I think he's my, maybe not a 10, is because he may, he he won't consistently have the Reality Stone. <clears throat> um, I, I would put him at a 9. I would put him at like a 9, probably. Um without uh without the real because he because he won't consistently have it if he has the reality stone uh like when you do the math when you start rolling the dice just like you can't kill him like <laughs> it's so difficult to actually see him die in a game um yeah but, like the amount of effort you have to spend to get him dead is just absurd mm-hmm. yeah i don't mind putting him at the top of the curve i mean he could be a 10 shit man he's got the best <laughs> The immeasurable power, that first part, that reduces it by one. There isn't anything else. Being of immeasurable power, yeah. He could have, have like, upwards of 25 health. I think that's on the low side. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not joking at all. Every single attack that comes at you, you're taking one off. And he's got 17 hit points. He's got the day's stop that Hulk doesn't have. He's Mm -hmm. got... He's got better defensive stats than Hulk. Not hugely better, but better. But then the DR on top of it, oh my god. I'll go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, with, and since he can take the Reality Stone, we're talking about potential. Yeah. You can give him the 10. I'm fine with that. It's, I think he's the reason that all the healing cards are on the restricted list. Like, That's like true. can you imagine? It was like, ah, uh, patch up for five. You're like, I'm literally going to hang myself after this game. Like, like, I can't deal with this. Like, it's so stupid. Like, because... It's not just that he's hard to kill. It's that he'll kill you back. Like, you can't just stand there and punch him forever like you can against, like, Captain America. Because you just basically ignore what he does. Like, he's 
brutalizing your team the whole time you're fighting him. Yeah. And Agreed. God forbid you're playing the extremist mission. He's just sitting there healing like two a turn. Like, whoa, just laughing at you. Like, you can't even get damage to stick on him. Parker, what's your number? You said nine still? Uh, I wanted to go for a ten because, uh, like I said, w- since, he is, has the, since he has the ability to take Reality Stone, I'll go with Potential this time. I think when you put a Reality Stone on Thanos and do nothing else and just sit him in the middle of the field, you're like, okay, what three points, what three different characters will you send at me to try to kill me this game? That that's what you're telling your opponent, and you're like, okay, oh, I guess. Even, I, I even guess. Even then, I think you're still. I think it's literally four v one is the only time I've seen him. But what's crazy? But that's. It's, but even though you look at that, you're like, well, that's seven points. Seven points for a character. I don't know about that. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh shoot, I have to devote at least at least like twelve points of worth of character to try to kill this dude. Like, <laughs> and then and, hope, and the and hope none the of best thing die. about this game is that you can just ignore him and go try and win the game without fighting him. Like, True. That's an option. True. And so I think that's the only reason that he's semi-okay. But like, how about this as an alternate question is if he's not a 10, can they make a character harder to kill than this and have it not be bad for the game? Well, they, they put him in the game and, the, and, uh, and then they had to errata cards. <laughs> like, whoops, we made, <laughs> a, we made a character that, that can't die. Um, and it, it's to be found out later i mean it's possible that yeah. shit he's maybe not fun and maybe he isn't good for the game uh, time hold will on tell hold on a second yeah. i have to check a card this is always bodes well for the community when <laughs> yeah when i have to read stuff it's always yeah, oh, when great. jeremy when jeremy says hold on a second step okay. back before i bust this it's not as bad as i thought it might be all right i was reading dune prophecy and I'm like can he roll like 15 dice on his cosmic or power of the cosmos card oh. but he can't it's only on physical attacks <laughs> all right because he's so hard to kill anyway it's like who cares if i play dude prophecy <laughs> like okay um he's a really good card for uh what's the card uh actually is he a good card nope i think he'd be bad for that never mind i withdraw my idea Blind obsession. Yeah, uh, first, first I thought blind obsession, but I was like, actually, no, because he yeah. actually is going to be focused by the whole team. Yeah, he's, exactly. So, he's fighting three no? people all the time. Yeah. It's not, uh, the biggest thing, uh, actually, let's finish up. So I'm, I'm saying ten. I think I'm mainly saying ten because if they printed a character harder to kill than this, I think it'd be bad for the game. Like regardless of their point total, even if they cost like eight points, like it is, you can't make people this hard to kill. And he could potentially only cost seven points and be that hard to kill. Like, it just, it's silly amounts of defense. Uh, I think they hit the mark on Thanos. Uh, he's not completely game wrecking, and the player playing Thanos feels the punishment of his point cost. So, like, I think they've, they've pretty much done a good job of finding that sweet spot. And, and also, from like a comic book perspective, uh, it's awesome that he's so hard to kill because in so many comic full panels, it's Thanos. And all of the Avengers all hitting Thanos, and he's still just like shooting blasts and punching people, grabbing people by the throat. It's he's he's exactly he's like that just guy. Terminator twoing, walking through a hail of bullets just to yeah. get somebody and strangle them to death while it, they keep shooting. It's, it's more like, like it's even more why? like it's even more like Terminator one because it's yeah. because he's he's he looks precisely the same. So, you know, steel jawed, moving forward, implacable as death. Okay, moving on to support. Uh, surprisingly, he's actually really good at support. Yes. Um, so just straight up, uh, Cosmic Portal, obviously huge. Death Decree, awesome. Uh, access to the Space Stone, which is pretty unlikely. However, um, 
Yeah, I guess that's really the only one that helps your teammates. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, on defense. Immune to stun is also huge, considering he generally is going to generate multiple power. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, his faction ability, uh, which on the front side isn't really support. It's just victory points when you KO people. But on the back side, it changes to uh, during the modified dice step of an attack, an ally character can take up to three damage. For each damage they suffer, they may re-roll a die. And then if they would die from re-rolling, then the attack immediately ends, because obvious. Um I guess it's not obvious because that's the only time that could really happen. And so you would, it, nothing says stop resolving attacks. So I guess it's important they put that in there, but it seems pretty intuitive. So, uh, Parker, what's your thought on the support ability of Thanos? Um, I would say, gosh, he has so many tricks. He's got the, he's got what you want, which is mobility. And he's got, got the ability to, uh, buff damage. Um, he, he feeds to their well. We've already talked about how they can play. Uh, you know, with two of their characters, they can play a really strong um, uh, objective game. Anyway, a really, really early aggressive objective game. Um, but because they're always so outnumbered, he's helping their team win with his ability. And then if he starts to lose on the backside, then he just turns on the monster damage to just finish the job. Gosh, is he a? Uh... Uh, is he a? Is he like a seven? Is he an eight? Um, I feel like he's somewhere between seven and eight, because he because he has so many different things, and he even has the power to do it all. Um, I feel like he's he somewhere actually in, does. Yeah, yeah, from experience playing him, he he generally isn't super power hungry. Right. So I feel like he's. I feel like he's got to be somewhere around a seven or an eight. I don't know if he's a perfect support, but he's got to be in the top 70. He's got to be in the top, like, 30% at least. I think eight's definitely pushing it. But, yeah. well, I guess when you stop and think about it, like, supporters don't get that crazy. Um, so on a curve, the ability to just place someone is pretty freaking huge. Because um, he doesn't even have to pra- place a friendly. He can just place an enemy in melee with said friendly without, like, exposing the friendly guy. So... Also, yeah, the, Cosmic Portal's got to put him to at least a five, right? And and Des Decree definitely bumps him up to at least a six, maybe even a seven. And a lot of supports in the game have to choose what they do, or they have to like, okay, I'm going to spend one action to get some power, and then the other action to do a thing, right? I mean, like I have to, I have to do work to get it to happen. But he's just passively always got plenty. And then if he starts taking damage, he could do it, and also everything else he wants to do. So. I feel like he's he his support is so enabled and he should so consistently get to use it. Um and then of course faction ability on top of like what you said just just basically if you had those printed on your card yeah, you're but six. I think he has like the worst faction ability. But I think and that being said it's still there but yeah, like Yeah. But it's still it, I I like it for the faction. I don't think it's a super strong one, but I don't think it's worth zero. The um, problem is you kind of wish it was reversed. Because if yeah. Thanos is, if you're actually trying to wipe them out and win on scenario, like by the time you start killing people, Thanos might be dazed. And so you need to be winning really hard for his faction ability to come into play. Yeah. Because when you flip over, if you're losing, then taking damage is bad. Unless you're like literally deciding the, the last attack of the game. I was actually, you usually, I mean, you played him a bunch. How many times, how many victory points in a game have you seen Death's Agenda get? Is it like two. two? 
Yeah. Two is the most. Okay. So basically you're scoring twice with his ability. That seems fine. Um, but, it's, I mean, it, I think you're going to see other objective-based abilities like the Kingpins or um, uh, Spider-Friends, sort of, um, get you a lot more VPs over the course of a game. But it's not. Th- but this is to, in addition to all the ones you could be getting also. So it's not like you're... You're you're automatically um, you're only relegated to having these two. You'll have two and then others. Yeah. <sighs> is um, he is he just a seven then? Is he just a seven? Oh, gosh. I'm really hesitant to put him at an eight because. Or did I, I said seven or eight, right? Yeah, you said seven yeah. or eight. Okay. Jeremy, do you want to weigh in on this? We were just talking about the support of Thanos. Uh, so Cosmic Portal is just strictly better than the. Red Skull's place ability Correct. because it costs one. It costs one less. I agree. Um, it also can ch- affect non-allied characters. Um, Death Decree, it's pretty good. I mean, plus two dice for two power is better than most tactics cards, and you just have to be within four of Thanos. Thanos is a great power battery. I mean, you guys are already um, talking about a seven or eight, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm leaning more towards a seven. I think Parker's more of an eight. I don't know that he's really wrong. It's just, gosh, it feels rough to put him that. Yeah, but high. support, support. I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's definitely really good. He's at got it. two really, really good support pieces here, and that's you know, uh, those are really good ones. Because I mean, what what different ways are there to support you know your army aside from you know bodyguards and. All those type things. I mean, his his version of support is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I, okay, I'm sold. I'll put an eight. Okay. Uh, control. Um. <laughs> the never die. <laughs> is that count? <laughs> I'm standing well, here. So <laughs> his basic strike has on a wild has the ability to throw any size character away, which is nice for taking points. Uh, his cosmic blast on a wild, which can roll up to eight dice on its own, uh, pushes target character away short and gives them the slow condition. That's pretty good. Um, and then cosmic portal, he can just place enemy characters within range four, which I can tell you is silly, especially when you combine it with the mind stone that he commonly takes. My usual loadout is a uh, time stone, mind stone, and then I put reality stone on Corvus. And so he's moving like you could potentially it like let's say hypothetically you are gonna lose the game because on the other side of the table so and so was on a point and it was just they're gonna score and you're gonna lose you could move medium three times place the enemy character within four range two and then mindstone someone else like like he can impact a scenario ridiculously every turn because he doesn't have to pay for his infinity stones. And it's just so silly. Like, he is the what feels like to me the most powerful control character I've ever played with. But to do that, I think he needs the Mind Stone. But he can do it without. Like, the ability to move people around. He can't throw terrain is like the only thing he can't do. But that's more of a damage thing than a control thing. So we're talking, when, you, when you're talking about this character, you're talking about a nine point thing which I think nine point Thanos is normal Thanos. Sure. And for a nine yeah. point character getting, you know, having a 10 or a nine for control, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. holy shit. Oh, we don't need to worry about paying his point cost until the rating. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, yeah. I'm talking about control. Like 
it makes sense. That's fine. I don't know if he's the perfect controller, but I guess this would be a good definition. Under what scenario does he not control? That's the only thing I can think of, and I can't think of a scenario which he doesn't control. Under what so, circumstance? If, is it exactly if I told the you, psychic force field thing? <laughs> that tactic card <laughs> is... Uh, no, he still gets to because those aren't from psychic attacks, right? Am I crazy? Um, Just a second. It's PSD. Oh. Psychic shielding device says um, ally characters can be advanced or pushed by effects of enemy mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. But so it's only mystic attacks or superpowers. So he could cosmic blast or strike them still. Yeah. But the mind stone and his cosmic portal would not be allowed to work. Also, no one plays that terrible card. But in addition yeah. to that. Uh, he could still cosmic blast you, but then you're 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 adding dice back into the equation. But yeah. the fact that they can play the best card at stopping that from happening, and you still just do it anyway, it's like whatever. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like uh, that that's what Not I was like. Mention, if, he'll just kill you. Like he'll just walk up and kill you. If his def, if the definition if the definition is of a ten is that he's he's you know he's he has perfect control over enemy characters. The and he even he even has the ability to give out slow, so he's even controlling their speed unless they right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So he has uh, the ability to throw any size character, his ability to push any size character and slow them. He has the ability to place any size character, and he has the ability to advance any size character. Like I think it's really weird they gave and cosmic he can portal. literally do every one of those things in one turn. It's I think it's really weird they they've made cosmic portal any character. Or it's, another it's character, rather than crazy. rather than another friendly. Another friendly yeah. makes sense. It's really weird. That I this think is it another... should have been allied character because yeah. it's it's nuts. So yeah, I, I I guess I think he's a ten, which is weird. I was gonna argue for a nine, but the more I think about it, there there's no way they could make someone more controlling than this, right? Um, kind of like you'd have to give him something like Doctor Strange, where you just take away a whole activation. But on Doctor Strange, he has to do. He has to have. <laughs> I guess like, that's really good too. You know what I mean? Like, but that's but that's what it have to be, right? You'd have to just he be doesn't, like this. No, character I, doesn't actually, do I'm going to argue against a ten because he doesn't mess with people's actions. That's true, and that's something he could do that he doesn't. Therefore, there is opportunity for improvement. Okay, so I, I think I, like I think I'm going to argue a nine. Okay, Jared? I agree with a nine. Um, I do think there is things that he he doesn't control and of uh, things. You know, okay, nine. He's not perfect, but. He's he's pretty he's pretty damn obnoxious. Yeah, he definitely controls placement on the board. Your things are not where they you think they are. That's that's a yeah. He's <laughs> the best board manipulator. Yeah. Uh, someone is messing with stuff on the document. Nope. Yep. Nope. I, I literally just watched the number get deleted. All right, I put it back. It's fine. Uh, so moving on to roll, and I think just like Thor, he has his own role called the Thanos role. <laughs> he plays the Thanos role very well, and he Thanoses a lot. Uh, I don't know. Um, because he's literally impossible to kill, I and he's not super, super high damage, I tend to lean towards Brute. You could also call him a controller or a defender. I think Brute is best be because he's unkillable. We've, best, already, yeah. we've already said that, right? Like he's, yeah, he's I think damn near unkillable. Yeah. I think it's Brute From, because yeah, he's he's winning with you know blunt force trauma. Just bam, bam, mm -hmm. bam, bam. He's bam. gonna wade into the enemy, just declare he's immortal, and then just slowly grind you to dust, which I think fits the brute role the best. He might do said thing by throwing you and 
teleporting you and pushing you and advancing you. But, you know, besides all those things, he's a brute. <laughs> okay. So now the rating. And this is where we have to take point cost into account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, these numbers are not the sum of its parts. Or else he would be a 9.5. Uh, well, I will say uh, he has spelt worth his points in a lot of the games I've played. Uh, when I play Black Order, I pretty much exclusively play Thanos because the only reason not to play Thanos is to take the ball. And I've recently discovered that's a terrible decision. Uh, I recently but discovered he's the worst character in the game. The Maw? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's. I, I hope it's not always true, but it feels true right now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you distracted me with how angry I am at the Maw, but we'll move on. Uh, to Thanos, the Mad Titan. Everybody get a number in your head. Think of think of what number you think he is, and then tell me when you're ready. Okay. All right. After three, everyone say it. After three, All ready? Right. One, two, three. Eight. Eight. Seven. <laughs> you fucker. Parker, why is he an eight? Uh, it feels like we're all in the same category here. Yeah. Um, the eleven. fact that the I was gonna say eleven. <laughs> Parker, I'm gonna bring you up to an eight right now. You ready? Go ahead versatility you get to pick your stones after you see your opponent's roster yeah there's so many like the only reason why i put him at seven and this is the only reason why i put him at seven is that he is the he is commonly i i think perhaps and maybe i'm wrong i feel like he's almost always going to be the centerpiece of a black order list and that is what he is only i don't see him doing anything else that being said he he is such a wonderful centerpiece what an amazing centerpiece um, I think it's kind of like it. He's he's strangely like kind of. It, 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 we're talking about. I know we kept talking about Black Dwarf, but it's kind of the same thing. Like I don't know when you see Thanos on the board, except with exactly Black Order ever. Um, whereas you you'll put Thor in Avengers. Even yeah, he's dual faction, but you can do that because he's got a good reason to be in Avengers. But with Thanos. What and what under what circumstances? I'm like, yeah, I got nine points left in this list. I'm gonna put it all in one model. Um, <laughs> like, Magneto, I, you're fine. Okay. Magneto is, but Magneto's only six. Like he's three points less. No, he's fifteen when I take Thanos with him. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> so the point is, I guess the point is, I in terms of a character rating, I will go ahead and I'm looking at the other eights right now. Yes, he belongs in that group. I will I will say 8. The only reason why I had him down at a 7 is because he is even though he himself is such king shit of fuck mountain like he does everything he wants, everything in the game he wants he can do. Um and he does it while never dying. Uh it's such a big 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 deal. I he's just one model and you end up making your list usually maximum 4 um and that's not bad. He will still do well because he's so good. But um, uh, but because of that, I thought maybe that detracted him in points because he's such a centerpiece model, and um, maybe that made him maybe that made him worse. But maybe that just makes him better because if you're about overall rating, just him by himself, um, since he can carry literally put whole games on his back, um, then yeah, I, I I will I will say an eight. Um, maybe he's even. Uh, a nine because he's maybe the <laughs> now only... he's gonna, gonna argue a nine. I'm putting eight down. The reason why this gets out of hand. The reason why the only I'll, I'll, fin I'll finish my sentence because the only reason why maybe he's a nine is he might be the only character in the game that you can go. Yep, I'm just gonna go and put Thanos on the board. I'm just gonna go ahead and win with this model. Like I don't know what other 
what other i mean maybe dr strange goes up there too but that's that's like uh, i don't think strange can win the game on his own yeah but although th- i will say strange is worse and better than i thought he was based on reading the card after playing a bunch of games against him and okay. playing with him once okay. um he's different i i expected him to just be like king shit of fuck mountain like like thanos kind of is where he just does what he wants whenever he wants and he's got a little bit of that appeal to him but he feels a lot more limited than thanos is he doesn't have like the just complete freedom feeling where it's like uh i need to move way over there clear off this objective and kill that guy and you're like got it and then you just go do it like like he doesn't do that yeah where but he does do the things he does extremely well i'm very he's dr strange is more supporting than i thought he would be but less overpowering than i thought he would uh, be. here's a little thought exercise while we're talking about thanos this is this is the this is the i know we're, we're still talking about thanos but i'm curious mm-hmm. um is there a uh is there a faction that he goes in for like nine points like you take the the kit thanos and you put him in a list knowing that you're going to play uh, like two or three other characters with him. Yes, um, there is. And I actually wanted to bring this up next anyway, so I'm glad you asked this. Uh, the answer is Brotherhood of Mutants. And <laughs> you take Thanos, Magneto, and Taskmaster at 15 points. And you laugh at your opponent. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of sticky character. And then when you play 17 points, you just pick up two stones and keep going. <laughs> And then when you go up to 18 points, you, you upgrade to the time stone and you keep going. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I um, I was trying to think of like a, of, a, of a leadership ability or something like that that he would really like. Because his leadership ability is, is, is the most lackluster part of him, which is not... Well, a lot of them... Ooh, web warriors. I say he would like he could like. Oh, he's so good at control too. And you know, also hit the also the other characters in the faction are pretty cheap, right? So you can do. But just imagine Thanos with great responsibility, so he gets to re-roll his skulls and gets to re-roll a defense die for free. He's Mm -hmm. even harder to kill. Uh, He could also in uh, in Criminal Syndicate he could count as um, two characters, two healthy characters. That's not bad. So he wouldn't. So he could more easily. You're, you could leave one character on the point that he's contesting. You'd just be like, nope, Oh, over and there. people can people could hand him objectives. Yes. Mm, I kind of like that more than the two-character thing. Because yeah. he can generally clear off a point if you just activate him later in the turn. And uh, we don't know we don't know who the cheapest... We, we don't have... That's one of the things about Criminal Syndicate right now. I tried to build a list the other day, and they only have three points and four-point characters right now, and five points. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Cat likely will be a two-pointer. Mysterio might be also, maybe, but... Um, so God, as, that'd be weird. as soon as they get, as soon as they get to a two point character, that'll make, I, I think Thanos and criminal could be really fun. I wonder how they're going to handle Mysterio. I wonder if he's going to be kind of like uh, Magneto where he creates things and then like they're semi temporary or something. I'm really curious how they're going to handle that. I, I, I assume he's just going to have like mystic attacks, but I, 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 I hope Mysterio is maximum a three point character. I hope, I hope he's, well, I, I hope. I was hoping Kingpin was a two-point character. So, uh, no, they made fun. him. They they went with Sumo Kingpin, which is yeah. in, insane brawler Kingpin. But anyway, yeah, Than- I, I wanted Thanos Kingpin to be a lot more like Red Skull. I know Red Skull's also four points, but he kind of just sits in the back and like manages from a distance. Like that's why I wanted Kingpin to do. You wanted Manager Kingpin. 
yeah supervisor. Well, I mean, he's the boss like he he just tells people what to do like he doesn't usually get his hands dirty nope he headbutts he he can but he doesn't usually that's the headbutt mm-hmm. let's okay uh, well i think we've successfully raided black order I think we did the one I really think that we were correct on. I'm going to fucking kill you. Parker, which one? I'm pretty uh, sure Black Dwarf was exactly. I mean, I was curious. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure if you guys just go back and reevaluate him after we did Proxima Midnight and Ebony Maw, like the problem was just that I picked him too early on the list. Nope. But I'm pretty sure true. that you guys are dead wrong. We both like, use science. Yeah. Math. You, you don't. You don't ever miss Proxima or Cor or, or excuse me, Cor- Proxima or the Maw, but you do miss Black Dwarf a lot. And so, being as the only person here who has played Black Order, I'm going to tell you you're both wrong, and that Black Dwarf is a five. But you know, you guys can feel free to be wrong. But it feels so right. Yeah, I mean, being ignorant does feel right. That's I, how it works. I, if I were to classify Black Dwarf with mouthfeel, I would go with four. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? <Okay>. Pointy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plasticky. Yeah. Oh, God. Very injection molded plastic like. Yes, almost precisely like that. Yeah, it's odd. I would say that it doesn't quite fit in my mouth, but I can get the accent. <laughs> I would say I would say it doesn't quite go into my mouth. Oh my god! Like it that. is way too late. <laughs> I know. I hope we get Juggernaut. I really, I think Juggernaut's the one thing missing from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants currently. I think the one thing that's missing from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is that I'm the Juggernaut bitch. I don't know how they print that on a card for a, K- a game that children can it'll play. Have, it'll but... have the wild symbol somewhere in there, and then the <laughs> yeah. exclamation point for the eye. Yeah. I just feel they'll like... They'll just use the symbols I on the really... dice to spell out. Because that, that, that poor character got boiled down to that exact moment in that movie, and now that's the only thing anybody knows about him, but man, it I is... like how they got literally everything about his backstory wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they couldn't name a single thing that actually happened to him in his entire life. Like he's not Charles's brother. He's not a mutant. He's like like all this stuff. Like yeah. what the fuck? All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this long ramble. But we had to get some stuff out, mostly about Magneto. So uh, we're going to call it a night. And this has been Brandon and Parker, and Jeremy. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Mocan Community Podcast. I really like the feel of that one. I feel like I really <laughs> nailed that Did one. Did we do good? It only took you 300 attempts to do one correct, so I'm really I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Beatles need that thousandth hour of practice. I think clapping on ten, five ten is very hour. similar. Tomato, tomato. I, I feel like... Yeah, they, <laughs> they got it in one, one thousand. You pop- I, I got it. All I say is if I got it in 30 tries, I'm doing pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. Podcasting the shit out of that. Way to go. Yeah, I did. I podcasted really hard. Really, I just want you to know, good. Parker, after all that waiting we did for our new music, I'm just, every one of our intros is just going to be you staring at your hands, not clapping. That's our Oh, my intro. God. I, I, I actually do a really good job of clapping eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm.
if given a chance and a thousand tries. Yeah. After ten- yeah. After being told specifically that I'm going to shoot you in the face if you don't clap, you're do- you're not too hey, bad at clapping. Hey, today you didn't have to threaten me once. Today I was just yeah, really, I was ready. Zero threats of bodily harm had to happen for Parker mm-hmm. to perform mm-hmm. a simple task. I call that growth. Ten thousand monkeys and a mm-hmm. typewriter, right? You can mm-hmm. clap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that. Broken clocks are always <laughs> right. That's the saying. <laughs> broken clocks are always right yes That's true mm-hmm. i can remember re- learning about that in the schools yep in I, my old shul house mm-hmm. i blame the schools kindergarten something mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay well that was fun uh <laughs> we've only had to stop and start again so far i'm sure everything's gonna be fine there's no way it could not be. all right parker um Jeremy, is there anything we need to tell Parker that we talked about earlier? Should we bring up the fact that we voted him out of the podcast? Uh, I think, I mean, I'm a manager, so I'm going to tell you right now, that should have been saved to the end. I'm a manager as well. Parker, are you a manager? Uh, yeah, I've been a manager. Have been or are? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, we, we're supposed to do the um, the management cookie. We, we say something nice, and then we let him go, and we tell him how great he did for us whilst he was here. So he leaves with mm-hmm. a positive yeah. spin and an opportunity right. we have given him. I just want to know we really appreciate your service and we'd love to have you back sometime. Mm-hmm. Like right now. Not right now. Not right like now. maybe in like the distant future. Really later. Okay. Like later, later. In a very alternate possible future, we would consider allowing you back in the building. I, I understand what work, I, I, I understand I understand what this is. You you can you can cut the cord. I'm okay. We'll call you. We'll call you. Got it. Yeah. We've already changed the locks and our number. Don't blow your. I'm just making. I just didn't realize that you were so fucking lathered up about the fucking faction list. I didn't know that. Uh, I I stare at this thing often. Well, I stare at other things often, so that's 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 not news. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not podcasting. Well, (laughs) you make the Magneto font smaller. No, not since you saw it last. No, (laughs) even smaller, smaller. Are you sure? I just assume every time I look over, it's a smaller font. No. That's that's a that's an optical illusion. It's small to very small. Are you trying to make it smaller? I don't know if you can. No. Is there a font size zero? <laughs> I'm at point one right now. I'm looking at um, Toad. Is he going to change your game? Are we going to like rebuild all the lists? I haven't thrown any models away yet, but that may change soon. <laughs> I I still my prediction. Uh, hot take for 2021. Uh, Brandon plays Toad only. I was watching Honest Trailers, and he was doing uh, Firefly, and he t- he said Jane from Firefly is just Starscream, because yeah. every time Mal leaves, he's like, I'm in charge. And, like yeah. He's like trying to take over the ship. Yep. I thought that was funny. I had never seen that one before. Um, we're going to adjust our Loki rating, because I think we were both we were all a little loopy from it being so late, and we way overrated Loki. <laughs> and so I'm going, not not his individual stats, just the, the final grade. Sure. And so... We'll talk about that. I'm actually going to take this out of announcements and do. Uh, we'll just do it with the other ratings. <sighs> All right. Uh, I think we're about ready to start. Does anybody have any other issues that we should bring up before we start? I'm slightly hungry. Uh... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sandwich. I'm going to mail you. I'm going to mail you some food, Jeremy. Okay. Here's one bagel bite through the mail. <laughs> pizza roll. One pizza roll. All right, Parker, I'm going to have you do the news uh, bullet points, and then we'll talk about each one individually. You want me to do all of them together at the same time? No, no, no. Just do one. We'll talk about it, and then I'll just let you go into the bullet points. Flip and sweet. Flip and sweet. Got it. 
talk better when we cast for reals. I'm really, really good at talking, Megan. Let's do it. Talking, Megan. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. MCP. Oh, God. I, my favorite, my, my goal is every single time you do that to actually chuckle. I, so far I've gotten every podcast, every time you're you do that joke. You're intentionally chuckling? No, I'm chuckling. I just realized that I am. Like, I, I oh, realized okay. that I was last episode. I was like, I, I'm always chuckling about this. <laughs> like, every time he does it, I giggle. Uh, and so now I realize that. And so I'm waiting for it. I'm wondering which one you're going to pick. And when you do it, I go, <laughs> every time. I'm, I don't have to force it out. It makes me happy. 